Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Geek Side podcast. After a pretty somber episode last week, but I still wanted to get it out. We're back talking about what we love. What I know exactly. someone has the, the same passion. That's Rick. Rick, uh, I know you through Sal, but I, I'm sure we've seen each other here and there in school. Yeah, um, we've, seen, we've passed by each other around. Yeah, but um, I know you love movies. You you even made your own little fan film. Or not fan film. I mean uh, a short film called Me. It's doing really good on YouTube with the 200 views, uh, which is really good. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, for someone starting out. Yeah, so go ahead and uh, just kind of introduce yourself, you know, all that stuff. Oh, yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm Junior Ricardo A. Medina. Uh, I am the guy, I run the production company called Goliath Productions. Uh, I did some short films. Uh, one major one that uh, I would say, I guess, is my start as a filmmaker was a, a movie called Me with the question mark at the end uh i did other i did other smart projects it was just like nothing too major it was just something either for school like something that i like to mess around and do either like search skits or like uh an english project where they let us do a video i'm not sure we've seen that one where like it was like the bullying video bullying in high school yeah you showed it at the uh the premiere for me i remember that oh yeah that's right i forgot i showed that at the premiere i, yeah, I remember uh, that one and a couple other videos yeah, I, I, I remember after the premiere, I was talking to my sister's friends, and they were saying, like, you know the one I made Saturday for the boys? Yeah. Yeah, I remember I was showing, uh, after I showed them that, they were, like, telling me, like, that was my favorite one out of everything. Like, yeah, just Saturday for I, the boys. I, I love that one. That one's really good. That one's, like, to me, that one seems like an old-school SNL sketch, I guess. Oh, like, yeah. Way you can put it, which I think I, is, it's, it's really good. Honestly, I think the only reason why we pulled it off so good was because of uh, the two guys, uh, Jacob Rizzo and Eric Santiago. Like, them two, like, just Jacob in general, every time he, like, improvs anything, he he does it so amazing. Like, every time he messed up, he'll get mad. Like, he'd get mad for a short second. He's like, all right, I'm ready. And he'll, like, he'll come back after, like, either a different way or, like, he, he's just, like, a great... Like, if we became, like, an actor in, like, comedy or improv, like, I, we would be, do tremendous in it. And How much Eric, was that improv? It was, uh, well, we just, like, we had the story set up, and we were, like, out, like we would, like, come up with the dialogue. We would say, like, okay, like, we have to go to this, so just tell him this. And then he'll, like, make up something else. Well, like, he'll, he'll go with the dialogue, but if something else comes up, he'll just go with it. Okay. So it was more, everything was basically improv. We just had the story of how it was going to go. So, like, it's, like, basically, like, uh, if you go to an improv show and it's, like, all right, yeah. here's the story, go. And that's how, that's how we did it. We didn't I have love any... improv. I love improv. I remember um, I, I took a theater class in high school. Um, and one of the things we did was, like, an improv thing where it starts off with two people and the teacher would say, stop put another person in and they have to continue the story and the goal is you can't say no you have to just continue and dude i loved it improv is so much fun because you have to just think on your feet and you have to be funny at the same time oh yeah especially like the tv show uh who's on his anime growing up that was like my favorite show uh it, it was just uh it, it was it was interesting seeing how like the stuff they could just come up on the fly yeah and then like a different turn or like anything like i don't know 
it's just a it's a randomness of everything that's being brought up. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's really my interesting. Favorite, my favorite thing from that show is uh, lines from a hat where they literally just have to do stuff. Yeah. Uh, they, like literally, they have to do stuff just on the fly, like ready to go. I, I actually played that game in um in middle school for uh, an improv thing after after school, and we did it. And dude, it was probably everyone. I think everyone killed it. I think Ryan Russell was in that too, because uh. Oh, Ryan I, Russell. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That, that guy. Game. That guy just comes up with like. I don't know. I, he comes up with the best one-liners. Yeah. Like, just the perfect. stuff that he just says. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for the people that don't know what scenes from a hat is, it's basically, like, people will come up with suggestions, and they'll put on the hat, and they come up saying, like, okay, like, what we, what uh, things you could say about a car, but not your girlfriend. And they'd be like, yeah. oh, okay, it, it could hold four guys. Oh, like, the mileage is, like, two. It has a lot of mileage on it. Like, yeah. it's it just, like, those kind of jokes. Yeah, it, it's... It's honestly so good, but like with, with with me, how long did that take you? Like from from pen pen on the paper to the premiere. Uh, the me. Yeah. The, uh, so um, well, when we when we were coming to this film, uh, I was it was during the summertime. We were trying to figure out where we were trying to film because uh, this I was after my first year of college where I wrote like a, a screenplay for a short film that me and Sal wanted to do. Mm. And the whole time I was thinking, I was like, I can't do this film. Cause uh, it's like, every time I talked to someone, like another filmmaker about it, he said like, you should turn this into like a featured film. And I was thinking like, well, I can't do a featured film right now. Cause I don't have enough experience to like run a production. And also like Sal um, doesn't needs more experience on, on, on the camera. Yeah. So the whole time I was, we were, I said, okay, well, we can, I'm gonna create a short film that we could work off of. So the whole time it was in uh, 2018, I believe, 2018 in October, between October and November. Uh-huh. Um, I was trying to, I was, we, I was looking up stuff. I was trying to, you know, I write some short passage and ideas, and I was trying to figure out like um what things i could go off of and it wasn't until i saw a video about it was from the tv show avatar the last airbender and it and it was just this one quote that uncle iroh said it was uh the episode of lake lao guy when uh they went to save appa and it was zuko when he was uh breaking the chains of uh oh like he didn't break the chains but he went to get off the bison and Uh and uncle iroh had that quote where he says like um it's time that you decide who are it's time for you to make the big question on who you are and and what do you want and then uh i i when i heard that i was just like this is my aesthetic of the film like 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 this is what is about is what you want who are you you know the overall theme yeah the overall theme the message that i wanted to give out to the people because at the same time it was like i was going through the same like same kind of like idea was like we especially the people I talked to because I was talking to someone uh that I met and she was telling me that she had the same problem with like she dropped out of college and she didn't know what she wanted to do so she was working and it seemed like you know every time she contemplated it she couldn't have that understanding of what she wanted or who she was or what she wanted so um after after talking to people about that i just realized this is i wanted to create a story like this and um so it was from november i started writing it 
and then it was I wrote it for three months, so November, December, so January I almost finished it. I yeah. it was still like I was piecing it, like it was mainly like done, but I had to like finish it up a little bit. But it was time yeah. like it was time to get casted and like have people like actors like read in fix like I was trying to figure out who the actors were to fix the dialogue with them. Yeah, and that's where I uh, it was a uh, between January to like March, I think. Oh, in February. So that was like uh, a whole year, almost like a whole year of your life. It was almost a whole year. It was, a, it was, we started filming, I think, March. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was March when we started filming. So, the first, actually, the first night we cast, it was, it was supposed to be Salvador Tejeda and then my friend Tony Zhu, I think that's how you say his last name. Mm-hmm. But he overslept the night or he overslept. Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to be that night, and his like ske- sleeping schedule was off, so he like missed the shoot. And then I had the guy Mark Anthony there to uh, step in for him to see. And then uh, so Mark took on the role. Uh... Yeah, and that's how Mark got the role basically. And then um, so the whole time it was uh, from March till I think like the end of June. No, July, August. It was yeah. At the end, of, it was it was uh, it was uh, August. So from March to August. So let's see, how many months is that? March, March April, May, June, July, like August. Four, so five. It's like five, five months. months. Yeah, and that was because it wasn't because like, like, it was because we had to work on everyone's schedules. So yeah. like, Sour so, so, so my main points of the plot was like at night. Yeah. And Sal was working at night. So it was like, we can't do any of this. So we got to work it within the day. And then in the day I was working. So it was like, and then the other guy, uh, Mark had a, either had work or a filming or a, either auditions or he had a classes for acting. So the whole time it was like, we're trying to work off people's schedules, especially the crew members. And it was like, it was a hard process trying to work yeah. everything together. It sounds like, it just sounds like just one train wreck after the other yeah but i mean like at the same time that's what directing is directing isn't like it it, directing is solving problems i think like one of the best things i heard from jonah hill when he was talking about the mid 90s was that he was asking advice from like other directors but one big director that helped him was uh martin scorsese and Uh martin scorsese told him is that like directing is problem solving it's that's all it's about it's like solving one problem from another to another. Um, so that's the whole, so that's like the experience I needed is to solve the problems that was going on. Yeah. But, at the same, but at the same time, it was like, uh, we were, it, it seemed, it was a, uh, we were rushing through it. We were trying to like, okay, let's just finish it. Let's just finish it. So we're like, we're uh, trying to get it done. We weren't trying to like make it like as perfect as we can. Were you trying was, to rush it? Were you trying to rush it because you just didn't want to deal with the whole scheduling and people and like just like like the pretty much the headache of it all it wasn't even that it was because like the night shoot the scene from the movie me where like um when salvador gets in a fight with his brother and then he gets picked up from his brother from from his brother from his friend (laughs) so so lean picks him up and they go to their spot where like they hang out and then that spot that scene we did five tries on trying to do it and every time there was either someone there someone didn't make it someone canceled out or like you know it was like five times we tried doing it there oh, and like it was five different times you tried to go film not five different takes 
No, no, no. It wasn't five different takes. Dude, we did like 100 takes a night. Like, or like a, any like scene. But it wasn't even that. It was just because every time we did it, there was always a problem. There was always something. Oh. So that's why I was just like, this is the only, like, the guy, even that night, the guy, one of the crew members, it was like the only crew member that could come. He can't, he couldn't come because uh, he had problems. He, he Legit, a problem happened where, like, he couldn't, he had to deal with. So it was just me. I was the one who was holding the camera. Well, I had the camera, like, placed. And then I was wow. holding the boom mic on the other hand. So it was, wow. or, so, like, it was, that's, that, so I was like, I got to get this tonight because the thing is, like, no one's here. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. I, we have to do it tonight, or else, like, if we say we have another night, there's going to be people here, and it's going to yeah. be chaos. It's going to be hard to handle. Jeez, so, like, man. That, that, I mean, that's that's dedication, though. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. That's just one of those things that, like, you look back on, like, yes, that was hard, but you look at it now and saying, like, that's a good experience that I had. Like, that's I'm happy that that happened for oh, a yeah. long time. The only, the only thing I would, like, wish I could fix upon well i mean there's a lot of things i could wish i could fix upon but the one thing i learned from it is that like you gotta take you gotta take time with your stuff too because if you rush through it you look back on certain takes or like certain scenes and you realize like this 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 doesn't work it feels like out of place or it just doesn't is this um um is this it doesn't feel good when you see it you know and but also you gotta understand like like I was watching this interview about Manchester in the Sea, and they said that uh, um, Casey Affleck was saying that there were certain times where like they had to, they only had like four days to shoot, or they only had a certain amount of time to shoot, and that they only could only get like a really good take of one actor, but they couldn't get the other good take of the actor. So yeah. like they had to use what they had, and that's where the director comes in, and they have to like be able to fix those pieces together. And be able to uh, wherever they got, they use it to be able to create a perfect uh, movie. Even uh, Quentin Tarantino, when he did Jingle and Chain, he had so much uh, content that he wanted to do, but he couldn't do yeah. it because of the problems. Yeah. And that's what directing is, man. You gotta be able to be like, I got it, I got it, I got to do it, I gotta do what I got. Yeah. I mean, that's so, what it takes to be a good director. So, so looking back on it now, like, like looking back on, uh, you know, me and all that. It uh, it's two questions. If you were to rate it out of ten, what would you give it? And if you can go back, and let's say everyone's free, it was, it was perfect conditions for everything. No one's at the park. Everything's perfect. What do you think you would have done a lot differently in that process if you had, you know, like the perfect everything when recording? Uh, well, I would rate it as a four. Uh, because yeah. I, I'm a, I'm a hard critic with stuff like this, man. And when I looked at it back, I was just like, "Damn, this like there's certain things." But I mean, like if I would, if I could explain like my autistic things I was trying to do, trying to implement, it would have been like at least like a good like maybe five or like just like probably like I want to say like directing, like trying to like implement it. Yeah. But yeah, I think like the overall process was like a four or three. Okay. You know. Because uh, like I, I'm, just, I'm just like a hard critic with myself. Yeah. I mean, like, and that's and the reason why I'm a hard critic is not because uh, like I'm trying to shit on myself. It's because I know what it takes to make a good film a good film. It yeah. takes it takes music. It takes cin- cinematography. It takes acting. It takes the writing. It takes 
it takes all things. So it, and that's what filming is, is putting all these things to implement together. That's why I was just like, if I could do, if I could fix like all of it, I would. Oh, like basically for my next film, I'm able to like understand what I messed up on and implement it in the next film, which was a okay. good process. But, uh, but uh, just so anyone knows, I don't think, I don't, when you film, there's no such thing as a perfect weather, perfect thing. Or yeah. perfect, there's always going to be a problem. Even if like every, everyone's there, it's a nice day. There's always going to be either an actor forgetting the lines um either uh a, a, a shot you didn't take and after that and you're like damn i didn't take that shot yeah. or like something there's always something yeah. but uh, if if i could refix it it was part it would probably be uh i would i would probably say it's i want to i want to fix up the writing because i feel like i was i i want i wanted to fix on the writing because i feel like i could have um I feel like I could have changed it more where like in because I feel like the ending was kind of I don't want to say cliches, but I want to say that uh it, I, I I feel like we needed to see more of the pressures that Sal had or not Sal yeah. my bad, the uh-huh. uh, Ian, the Ian character had yeah uh and the reason why is because I were if my friend was telling me oh you should you should have turned this into a featured film and like expected more and I was like well if I did I would have done it more where like it was a pressure of like um of him of the weight that he has of his brother's expectations kind of thing because if people don't if people like didn't understand where brother was his brother was the end of like he was gonna go nfl pro he was gonna go like beyond the records and all stuff but uh he couldn't because his his mom died and he had to take care of his brother yeah and i would have done it where like ian was like seeing like one one thing i was thinking if i was gonna make this into a featured film if like do it like later in my career like rewrite it do it again yeah. would be like ian walking down like one of the like corridors of like the halls of the school and they sees like a, a trophy or a jersey of his brother or, like pictures of his brother like being this shining star and yeah. then he, and then he's just like it, it, you feel that like like it's like one of those things as a visual element you, like you feel yeah. the weight on him and that's yeah. why and and the, and the fact that he doesn't wanted to play football he doesn't want to like do any like it, it, that's not him that's not his character and that's why um you feel that uh you feel that weight on them and, that, and I think that would have been a really good that would have been a really good uh visual display right there that would have been really good yeah that's like, almost that's, like a weight on the shoulders kind of vibe oh yeah man and, and especially with like uh the girl i feel like i wasted like the girl i feel like i threw that in there just to like expand on ian's character but i feel like it was a waste because like i could have like i could like as a as a writer you gotta understand like some things wouldn't make sense like there's a lot of movies that like you watch and you're like that doesn't make sense like why would they add oh, yeah. like why is this? yeah and that's why it's just like that's why when i look at it i was like okay well i could have just changed this up a little more and anything like that and it's funny because I was talking to my friend, uh, the person who was seeing the movie, who was at the premiere. I was uh-huh. talking, and I was saying like, you know what? Because um, we had a joke saying like, uh, the guy Tony Zoo who's saying like, yo, are these characters gay, and I was like, <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, why? And he says, because you know what? Like, this is the stuff they talk about, like how they. Yeah. Interact. And then um, I, wa- I watched the film to like figure out what things I could have changed, and I realized there was a point where like. Um, if you look at it at a different perspective, like an artistic perspective, it 
a, a way where I could like change the film a little bit, or like how the story was, was that uh, it wasn't that he didn't know we wanted, or like his bro- his brother wanted him to do to be a certain person, but he's not like that, and that's why um, uh, Lean was there because he like uh, his brother didn't like Lean for a certain reason. So like, say, so if you think about it, it's like they both like each other, and he doesn't want that. Like he wants them to like date that one girl that he met, and that's why at the end he's like, "Oh no, we're friends." But as if I'm not sure if you heard it in the dialogue, but as he walks away from the school at the final scene, he says like, "Oh, like it's fine. My brother is okay with you coming over tonight." Oh and yeah, I, I heard that. So if you think about it, like it's kind of like it's kind of like okay, these guys are gay, and they're like, you know. Yeah. It's being like open up, like uh, his like accepting. If you can huh? go back, like if you can go back into the editing, so would you have just cut the girl out and just made those two characters gay? Mm. And just kind of develop on those I, two more. I probably, I probably, uh, it just, it just depends on how the story flows, man. Because uh, yeah. I, I mean, like I just did it because um, I probably, I probably would, because I feel like it would have been like uh, it would have been something like um another conflict that's like like not for, not seen i wouldn't do it like oh that's what the character that's what the story is about them being gay it's not about him finding what he wants to do what he wants mm-hmm. but it would have been those things that like that's another tension why he does like there's a there's like that uh um space in between him and his brother that distance why they're not yeah. connecting you know yeah i got it, you it, it would be like it would be like a component but it's not like the thing that drives a story you know yeah so so going from that, because you did say you were a harsh critic, so this this next one kind of gets me excited to see because I want to. I'm actually curious. So I know this is a very tough question. It, it probably varies, but we we ha- I have to know what is your favorite movie of all times? Like, what's a movie you can just go back, watch over and over and over again, and just say that was a quality picture? Um. Like a like a perfect movie overall, like for you, not like oh, for me. Well, I mean, like okay, I'll give you my uh, my top three movies. Oh, I'll probably give you my top four because my like my number three spots like battling it out right now. But uh, the the three spot is between Inglorious Bat. No, no, it's between The Dark Knight and uh, Remember the Titans. And the reason why uh... is because. Yeah, the reason why I choose Remember the Titans is because uh, growing up, every time I watched it as a kid, every time it came on on ABC Family, I'd be like, oh, I got to go to my room. I go to my room, I yep. turn on TV, I watch it, and then as soon as it's finished, I go, to, I go downstairs and I feel so happy. It was, it's, like that, it's like that childhood in me that I grew yeah. up with and is the reason why I want to become a filmmaker. Yeah. It's, like, it's like that story and like, it, it's like it's a feel-good movie. makes you feel good. And then The Dark Knight, I would put out my... I don't know. I I I, I like the Dark Knight so much because of Christopher Nolan, the way he directed it. And yes, it's so it's and, so beautifully shot in some points where you're just looking and just go, oh wait, this is a superhero movie. Like exactly, whoa. and you don't even realize it's a superhero movie. You just think it's yeah. like a great action film. And it, and the thing and also the thing is is that like I just look it. My favorite actor of all time, the best actor I feel like, and and the generation was Heath Ledger. And like I, I done so much. Like I, I looked up everything about Heath Ledger, and I seen like, uh, like a, a thing, uh, Too Young to Die on like Netflix, like a documentary about his life. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I, I was everything about him. It was it was just like his acting was just unparable. And he's my favorite actor of all time. And the fact that he died young, I was just like, I wish. You know, it was one of those things yeah. like, I've seen so much from him. Yeah. Especially before Dark Knight Rises, because he was supposed to be in that, too. Oh, yeah, dude. That would have been um, perfect to see Bane and him together. Because those two, the way he wrote Bane and Joker, they're almost similar, but obviously go about their plans two different ways. And just seeing, I want to see those two have a great conversation. Because, like, for me... Uh, like action, all that you can do action great. You can do action horrible, but you you can action will always look good. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Transformers, that's basic action. Movies like um, that's all visual. John again. Wick. John Wick is a great action movie, but to me, it takes real talent to write a good conversation, and that's what I'm there for. Like if if because that because you have to listen to them talk, and you really want to know what the, you like. If you want to know what they're talking about. That to me is better than any good action scene. It's it's like it's like the it's like the movie The Heat where like Al Pacino and Robert De Niro are at the diner and they're sitting across from each other and you feel the fucking tension. Yeah. And all, and all you do is just feel it and this is giving out their like own um their own uh ideologies between each yeah. other. The whole things. And the whole time you're watching you're like Dude, this is like the per- this is like the perfect like exchange of dialogue. Yes, like it, like for me, um, we'll go into Star Wars later. But um, to me, Star Wars has some of the best conversations I've heard. If they're done really well, obviously, if they're just slapped together, like good, bad, good, you good, me bad, blah 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 blah. But if yeah. they go into like lore, history, into each other's philosophies even changing philosophies uh, just that good and evil talk done really well it it's almost like i wouldn't say shakespeare because that's totally that's totally different but yeah. it's 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 art i would say like because it takes be, someone really talented to write some stuff like that would it be like kind of like greek mythology in a way kind of yes greek mythology perfect that's perfect like the way they talk and carry themselves is almost just like Greek mythology, like talking about the gods and uh, all this mythical stuff. And like, you're sitting there like, I'm in this 100%. Exactly, man. And it's especially hard when you like write dialogue like that. Because mm-hmm. most people just like, you. it's it's like what they say is like, you think this is something what they're going to say, but it's not really. Yeah. But also like, you got to understand like, it's it, it's uh it's how they represent themselves and carry themselves. Mm-hmm. That's why I love Quentin Tarantino because he's just he, he knows the he knows the vocabulary. He knows he, he's his, just his best guy. movie. His best movie. Almost once right upon now. a time. Yep, that I love that movie. Oh, then all right, then you want to hear my second spot? My second spot is uh, Inglorious Bastards. See, all right, you're probably gonna want me to end this right now. I haven't seen that movie yet. Oh no, it's not. It, it's fine. It's fine because there's there's a lot of movies that a lot of people haven't seen. Like I haven't seen the the one movie that uh, I haven't seen is like Step Brothers, and that's really? like really. I thought you'd yeah. all over that, dude. I I told this to my coworker. I was like, I haven't seen Step Brothers, and all of them like started shitting on me, and they're like, you haven't seen this movie, and I was like, no, I haven't seen it mainly because uh like that kind of humor, like my family isn't into. Like well, I think they'll be into on some things, but it's like. Yeah. 
like we were like we didn't watch that kind of like movies. Yeah. And they were like shitting on me saying like you're a filmmaker, you're this and that. <laughs> and I was like, all right, there's like a thousand million films out there. Like there's a lot of things I haven't seen. But you haven't seen this film from like 1902? Like, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen a Citizen Kane? No. I actually watched that um, like I think two years ago for the first time. Honestly, it's a great film. But I think for like the best movie of all time, like I don't know about that. You know what I mean? Like it's a great, it's a great movie, but to be declared as the best movie of all times, it's kind of iffy. Well, yeah, it's because it was. I think I think the word is is like it's a best American made film. Yeah, and that in that time too, because if when you look at it, it was. I'm not sure if you've seen RKO sixteen. I think it's called. It's basically about like the process. It was like it's a movie about um, George Orson Welles. No, George Orwell. Orson. No, I, think or- it, I think you got it right. George Orwell. Right. Yeah, it's about him, the process of making that movie, and it wasn't even like he made the movie up to go to. It was basically about um, I think it was a newspaper publisher, and he was like the like pow- most powerful guy in the media. And, he, and there's a, and like, um, he wanted, and it was like him making a movie to, ma- not like to make fun of him, but also like to like, um, so the truth behind uh, like the power of like media and like newspaper and like basically to show like the dark side of him. Yeah. And the whole time, like, when they made the film, like, they were like, he legit, like, he sent, uh, like his news, news reporters to see the like, uh, preview of the film, like, they watched it. And all newspaper, all the newspaper, newspaper people went out to like write about it. Legit, the the lady told him about the movie. He's like, it's about you, and it's about it's real. It's like a bad thing about you. And he said, and it was, and he said this. He said, tear it apart. I don't want this film to like be published. And there's a there's the best thing that I love about because it was like the most cutthroat thing. She said to like the movie executives, the people who was gonna publish it, saying like. It's either you guys get rid of this film, or we're gonna, or you guys, and gonna get published. He's like, okay, then we're gonna publish this and this, and it's picture. And he was like, "We're gonna publish all you pictures of Jews," because at the time, no one liked Jews. Because yeah. remember, this was like in the 1940s. Yeah. And she said, "We're gonna show pictures of Jews, of you gay people, pedophiles, all this stuff they had on." On Hollywood, bro. On Hollywood, they showed. She was saying like, "We got all this shit on you guys in Hollywood." Yeah. So you just so destroyed, and like, and then she walks away, and the whole time I was, just, I felt that because I was like, like this, that's that's how Hollywood was, you know, like it was a cutthroat yeah. business. It was like either you part of the group and you're all cool with each other, like quote unquote, like cool, or like you do something bad and they just cut you off. They're like, "Are right, you done?" Yeah. Like, even then, you probably still say that to this day. Oh, even today, dude. Yeah, which is it's just crazy to think about because everyone thinks of Hollywood like as this big esteemed like thing that anybody can get into, but when you get into the the, the dark side of it, it, it's pretty it's pretty cutthroat, and you have to do some shady stuff to actually make it. Oh yeah, man, you gotta. It's like it's just even 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 if it's keeping the secret, it's like don't tell. Yeah. And it's like, and it, a lot of people say, like, why don't you tell it? And it's like, dude, like, th- th- you don't, you don't understand how hard it is to get there. Once you're there, like, 
It's like it's like what they did to Dave Chappelle, dude. Dave Chappelle, like I'm a huge uh, com- comedian guy, yeah. and Dave Chappelle, like they were trying to control him. They were trying to give him all this. They were trying to do all these things. They were trying to control him, trying to make mm-hmm. it where like, and then and that, and they were they offered him fifty million, and they were saying like, oh, but we we want we want to have more control on it, like the producers. Yeah. And, and he told him like, and Dave Chappelle told him like. And he realized the game. He realized what they were trying to do. They were trying to control. They're trying to, and they put all this stress on him to be able to break. Mm-hmm. And he realized the game, and he denied their offer, and he left to Africa because he wanted to fix himself. He wanted like, uh, like, um, I guess like, um, find himself. Find himself, yeah. And and when he and then he heard all these newspapers, all these things, and they released shit on them. All these newspapers saying he was a crackhead. Oh, he's going crazy. He went to Africa. He didn't want fifty mil. And then a lot of people, were, they were trying to get rid of him, dude. They were trying to cut him off. Yeah. But here's the thing: Dave Chappelle is motherfucking Dave Chappelle. He yeah. doesn't. He's not gonna break. And he and there was an interview he had with Oprah Winfrey where he talked about it, saying like, "Would you think it makes sense that I will? I have." two great seasons of a shows and I'm going on my third season that I would like crack when I'm going like when all this is going good when I'm about to make 50 million. like you really think you gotta like any and like people and he, he was basically saying people like there's some shady stuff that was being pulled in the dark and behind the curtains and he caught yeah. that he saw the strings and he said like he he he, he kept his intri- integrity basically he didn't. Yeah. He didn't fall for that. Yeah, which I think I think a lot of people would. Everyone would. I wouldn't doubt if like my if I did it. That's all. That's why it's why when you figure out your morals before you go in, you can't just yeah. go in just like like with just just a mind saying I want to be a great star because then you you crumble and you break and they will they will just abuse you and everything like that yeah i don't like it when people uh because what people don't realize is you just have to do stuff for that business you just have to do certain stuff and one thing i kind of don't understand is when people so let's, let's go it's the only topic i can really think of for the um for the last jedi you know it's such a divisive film i, I personally hate it um <laughs> but everyone goes Oh, you like George Lucas so much. Well, this is what he said about the movie, and it's George basically saying it's it's well shot. It's a good movie. I'm like, of course he's gonna say that. No one comes out of this business and goes, "That was a horrible movie." No one. You will never catch someone say that about a movie in Hollywood, unless they know the movie's bad. Oh, he said, dude, look at Game of Thrones. The fucking yeah. Peter Peter Dinklage. They asked him how do you feel about the last season. He was like. Oh, uh, you know what? Like the writers, they did. Uh, they they did. They they doing amazing, you know. And you could yeah. tell. You could tell yeah. in the back of his mind, this shit sucks. Like, wait, yeah. here's the thing: you're representing the film. You can't like that's that's his that's his business. Like, he can't fucking talk shit about it. He could say like, is isn't as good as this, you know? The, he could say like, the next one's gonna be like, but that's you selling a brand. You're selling stuff, and that's how yeah. it is. And that's how it is with Disney now. They're selling a brand. It's it's yeah. like it's not even selling like art. You're selling brand now. Yeah, which it, it's sad because I'm I'm very passionate about this universe, and you know the city that kind of went down the drain. Dude, it's um, like it's kind of sad. 
Yeah, dude, look at the look how Marvel films were when you watch Spider Man or when you watch The Dark Knight. Like, for like, movie. like, like the Spider-Man movie was just a like this is just a stuff that he had, just the stuff yeah. that he implemented in the first two, and then look what they did in the third one. I, I, I don't I even that. like talking about this. It, it's so it wasn't fair to him at all. Like, yeah, he was forced to do a villain that he didn't, he barely knew anything about. Um, like, it, it's so sad because Sam Raimi. We can both agree he's a great film director. He's a great filmmaker. I put him on par with like. Um, like Tarantino, because both of them have such a passion for film, and you can see it. It's just the third one; it just wasn't fair to him at all. And and that's the fucking producers. That's the yeah. fucking game, bro. I, I forget the main producer. That it, it's it was one guy. It was one. I, I I forget the name of him, but he also messed up the Amazing Spider-Man movies. So he's very infamous to messing up these these franchise versions. He's basically, I think he's known as the as the Spider Squasher. I, I think is what they called him. Um, like he ruined like this is one producer that ruins these movies. But we'll go ahead. Yeah, man, because it, it's it producers like I'm a, I'm gonna be honest. Some producers know what they're doing. I I listened to an interview about uh, Rick and Morty, and there was a produ- when they were trying to sell this to Adult Adult Swim. The the first uh, draft or the first like uh, scene they had was him in the skies and all stuff. And basically, Rick was being like. Morty, I'm not sure if you've seen Rick and Morty, but basically, nah. it's like it's like Back to the Future, like uh, Doc and is that what, what's the character's name? Marty, Marty, Marty McFly, Marty McFly, yeah. And it was basically like that, but say like a more like realistic, like drunk version. So like, yeah. Doc, like Doc is a drunk guy and Morty is like submissive guy. And the whole time, like Rick was beating that he's telling him, "Oh, you piece of shit!" You and he, and he he was a punching bag. He was taking, he was taking it. Yeah. The, He's a great note that the director told them. He said, it's good. I like what you guys are doing, but you guys got to change something. Mm-hmm. I don't like how Morty's being the punching bag. You guys got to change that <laughs> where he's, like, there's some, like, confidence or, like, something, like, he won't take that stuff. So they took that note, they changed it, and now, and now once in a while, Morty will, like, say no to Rick. He'll do, he'll, like, he'll be, he'll be, um, there's a word to it. He, he's, like, less submissive. He's more of a, confident. he's more confident. Yeah. So and and like those producers are smart because they understand like okay like this is this is gonna get born over time like it's yeah. gonna be like okay he's getting some it's like a it's like a it's like a character who's dumb it's like we all seen yeah. the character it's like a TV show that has a dumb character it's like we've seen this all the time the character's dumb and dumb like okay like you know but it's it's like you gotta have something different with them you have to have growth in them. Yeah, and that's how it was for Morty, and that and that was a great note. But there's some producers that think that, oh, you know what, we gotta change this. We got, you know what, it's it's not gonna sell. It's not, and it's like that's yeah. not that's not. You guys aren't you guys aren't art people. You guys are just business people. This, yeah. if you guys want business people, just sell it in the trailer. Just sell, like sell it with posters, boards, or something like that. Don't yeah. come in here trying to get your suggestions. Like if you're confident about the person you're working with. Then you'll be, if you're confident about the people you choose to work with, you shouldn't have to be like, oh, change this, change this, change this. Your job should just be, how am I going to get this into many people's heads as possible? Like, and, how am I going to sell this, you know? Yeah, like, there was one story for when they were making the Amazing Spider-Man movies. One of the producers messaged the director saying, um, hey, I was, I was walking to this airport, and I saw these kids listening to this music riding skateboards 
And I was just thinking, what if we have Spider-Man on a skateboard listening to this music? And look what happens to the amazing Spider-Man. You know, he's on a skateboard listening to indie rock, all that kind of stuff. Because the producer told him, like, hey, we should have this. And, of course, what's, what's the director going to say? You know what I mean? Like, he literally just, Mark Wave literally just came off of 500 Days of Summer, a movie that was $7 million to a $200 million movie. Like, what is he going to say? No? Jesus, dude. Like, yeah, if, it's crazy. If, if people don't know, I'm looking at disgust because it's like, oh, my gosh. Dude, it's like, what's like, it's like. Is this the, it's not a dude? It's a comic book. Every if you want information, go look at the comics. That's the character. Yeah. Don't fucking be like, oh, let's make it more modern. It's like no, like. All right, so we got we got to your second spot. We only went on, oh, yeah. on a really good tangent. I like oh, yeah. that. Oh, yeah. So uh, what's your number one? That's what I'm interested. Wait, wait. In. Let me explain my second spot though. The reason okay, why it's, yeah. the reason why it's second is because um, it's because if you watch the film. It's uh, it was beautifully written, first of all, like everything about it. I mean, like even the pace of it, and the and no, it just overall the pace, the casting of it, and just the, the way how it sets up because he does like chapters of it. It's like a story. It's like a story you're reading, and it's just so good. And not only that, when he wrote it, he every time he talks about it, he says, like if my like. I'm not saying like I, he said that uh, if my characters were real in real life, like if if Zoller, I think that's his name, something Zoller, if he was a real guy in the German army, he probably would go in a watchtower and kill all these Americans and all stuff, and we'll have like a movie made about him, and they will have a premiere about it that the yeah. uh, that Hitler would go see, and if he did uh, had um uh uh something the Apache. I forgot. I can't remember his name. Auto Auto the Apache. There we go. If there was an Auto uh, Apache, and if there was a uh, the Jew Hunter and all that stuff, then everything would happen in real life. And that's what I loved about it was that he spoke true writing within his work. And mm-hmm. he said, and he was a, he was just so realistic with everything. He says so like this would happen. This would happen. This how the German director was, and he implemented it on the screen. And it was beautifully executed, especially with the casting. Like Brad Pitt, the monologue mm. he gives with the first scene he's in is is so the the monologue is perfect by like executing what type of uh, person or like the squad he was running and the leader he is. But also Brad Pitt on the on the character he was portraying, I feel like that was one of my favorite uh, um, uh, works that Brad Pitt did was just playing Otto the Apache because he had a great. Uh, voice with it and just the way he executed with his looks and all that it was just amazing um and then not only that my favorite scene is the tension that he has with every even in the first scene you watch when the when christoph watch which is by the way he did an amazing job on this film like the languages he spoke the way he executed the languages like dude there's there is no great actor like christoph watch executing yeah. like certain characters and just I don't know but the tension you feel the suspense every time he like because it's one of those things that like they it's like that's why I love uh, when you watch a film is when they execute suspense when the character knows some or when you when you understand why the character is tense or like or like why there should be suspense mm-hmm. and then it, and it's like wondering like oh is, is he gonna find out are they gonna find out and all of a sudden, you realize they know. 
Yeah. And that's why you just realize, like, this is a great film, especially in the bar scene. Like, just one, one exchange, one universal exchange could ruin it all. And the way how, like, I'm not, I don't want to spoil the end for you, but the way how they <laughs> end it, it's just the whole time I was just like, what the hell is going on? And, and it, it, the movie just kept going. And I was trying to, like, fixate on everything. I was trying to, like, piece everything together. And it was just executed properly. And I need the, to get on this movie. <laughs> huh? It, I need to get on this movie, dude. The way he shot it, the way he, the composition, and the way the uh, script is set up, the way that uh, the pace it goes, you can't, you can't not want to watch this, like, a million times. It's just yeah. perfectly executed. But right. the one movie that I would say is my top one would be Good Will Hunting. Oh, uh, okay. You know, that's and, fair. <laughs> and the reason why is because uh, that's, like, the type of film, like, I like to do. Like, the film, like, I don't, I don't want to say feel good, but it's more, like, I would say, like, true, like, like truth telling and, like, about, like, how, like, it's more about a real, like, I don't want to say realism. It's more about, like, um, growth kind of thing. Yeah. And, and the reason why I love it so much is because of Robbie Williams. He's in yeah. it. And he gave, like, a perfect, he gave a perfect, uh, um, what's the word? He, he, he played the character perfectly. A perfect performance. Oh, but there we go, performance. That's the word. He gave a great performance in the film. And also, like, um, the, the story had sets up, it's great, because it, the people talked about how, like, they could have just talked about Matt Damon's character. How it was just Will Hunting, like just him growing as a person, but instead they emphasized how they both needed each other, mm-hmm. and how like they it's kind of like a true like thing ideal if you think about it, because it's like one person isn't just dealing with one thing; we're all dealing with something. And the fact that they bounce off energies with each other, the fact that they conflict so much, yeah. as all of a sudden like they bang at each other's heads, and then soon enough they like connect to one another and they'll like come together and they'll become best friends at the end. But also, like, the soundtrack was amazing, I feel like, because he had a, uh, who, 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 I forgot, I can't remember his name, but it, it's uh, the guy who plays Between the Bars. Uh, I can't, it, it's, you, um, do you know what I'm talking about? I forgot, I forgot. Yeah, anyways, but um, anyone that's listening, if you if you know the song Between the Bars, it was by the, um, by the artist. Uh, he's, a, he's a great musician. And then, um, what else? What else was I gonna say? But if you guys know the story behind it about between Matt Damon and then uh, Ben Affleck, they were two actors who wrote the script, and they were like nobodies. And they yeah. said, and they said the only way they're gonna get a great Elliot Smith, huh? Was it Elliot Smith? Elliot Smith. There we go. Thank you, Elliot Smith. What a great fuck. Oh, this is I love his music. <laughs> but anyways, uh, the backstory between like. Matt Damon and uh, Ben Affleck is that uh, they were wannabe actors. They, and they even said like, there was a role for a, um, that Edward Norton did. It was something it gets on mine. But it was a role that Edward Norton did. I think it's like it's like Predator. No, it's like pre- no. I, 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 can't, I can't remember what it was. But basically it was a, it was a role. It was like one in a lifetime role we like you'll get and it'll make you an a-lister and it was one of those times that like they were getting it they were trying to get someone that was a nobody because they didn't want someone who was like they wanted a fresh face yeah. so they realized like okay we gotta make a movie 
like this to be able for us to be in it. So they wrote the script. They took like I think five years or three years. I can't remember exactly. So they wrote the script and then they send it into the uh, uh, I think casting or their agent and the agent Ooh. published it and then all of a sudden boom they got the roles and all that. Yes. And it's just like a perfect story. It's like a perfect color yeah. film. They they wrote it. Now they're in it, and the next thing you know, they run an Oscar for it. And now their yeah. alias is just like that. And it's like, it's one of those things that, like, it's a good, like, Hollywood story, if you think about yeah. it. Yeah. It's like, um, it's like their version of the American dream. Yeah, exactly. That's why, that's why when you, that's why I love that movie so much, because it's certain, like, it, it's like, it's, it hits me certain ways every time I watch it, because mm. there's something deeper than it, you know? Yeah. For me, so I'll, I'll do my top three. Yeah. So my top three, I'll start from three. Spider-Man 2. Because, mm. I don't know, just something about the way it's shot, the way how it's almost not even about, it's not even about Spider-Man, it's about Peter and his his troubles, his, his dilemmas, his conflicts. It's, it's, he's basically getting punched in the face every five minutes of the movie. Yeah, Either it's like... Figuratively or literally. And, and like the the way he tells the story where how he loses his powers mm. um because of all this stress and the scene I, I think it's one of my favorite scenes out of anything Spider-Man from the shows, the comic, anything, is when he's sitting on his bed, he's looking at his hand, and he has a vision or he's in his head talking to Uncle Ben. It's all white and it always it always, always breaks my heart when Uncle Ben asks for his hand and he and he looks at it and he says no. And he says, "I'm." And he, you could see the hurt on Uncle Ben's face, and it, it tears swell up and all that. And he's like, I, "I'm not Spider-Man. I'm Peter Parker." And I was like, "Oh my god!" Because it deserves that. Like you feel like that was so deserved because it's just telling a story about this person, not so much the the, the costume. Yeah, and and especially like the way they like. I guess like they build up to it too. Yes. Like it's perfectly. not something that's just happens. It's just, like it builds you feel it. Not like, like it, the new movie. I hate how they do it in the new movie too, kinda, where he's like, oh, I don't want to be Spider Man anymore. I just wanna go on vacation. I'm like, that's that's not your call anymore. Like the reason why Spider Man exists is because it's not because Peter thinks it's cool. It's not because all oh, it's because Peter knows that he needs to do this, not for himself but for the people around him. It's a yeah. selfless thing. Like, great power comes with great responsibility. That's why I don't like the new movies. I was just like, oh, I don't want to be Spider-Man. I just want to go on vacation and forget everyone else. I'm just like, boy. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just because, like, I think it's because the way they execute it, too. Because if you think about it, like, like you got to understand, too, that it should have been more about, like, him as a teenager, like, the pressures he has. Like, it, yes. like the way they executed it was more like, oh, now he's a new Iron Man. Like that's what they were trying to push, but instead they should have just pushed like him as a teenager. Yeah, and it like if anything could have been tra not not trauma, but it's like that thing where like he just fought like an alien race or something like that. But now it's like it's like uh, I guess like it, it could have been more about him trying to become a teenager. Like, dude, I don't want this anymore. Like, you know, it could have been like yeah, it could have been like it's overwhelming him now. Yeah, but they just went with the safer superhero story, which well, I mean, you know, it, it, it's good, you know. Yeah, but for the story they were trying to tell with the whole MJ stuff, it doesn't make sense because you see that he's always want he loves the Spider-Man thing. He loves it. He loves it. He loves it. And out of nowhere, he 
hates it because <laughs> like a couple bad things happened to him. He almost kills somebody on the bus. Yeah, it can't. I don't feel that oh, teen yeah. dilemma. I don't they... feel that teen dilemma. I feel that I'm a superhero dilemma. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Dude, honestly, the whole thing with the bus, I was kind of like, it was kind of, it was kind of like the. When I was watching it, I was kind of like, dude, what the heck is going on? Is he going to yeah. kill? Is he going gonna, gonna to be like, I'm exploding this whole bus. Like, this I, poor, like, Flash, I, I'm not even going to go into Flash Thompson in those movies, dude. It, it's it's a disgrace. Like, legit, the kid gets beat up by Peter at this point. I know, dude. I mean, like, it's because, it's I'm going to be honest. I think Disney isn't doing good. And the reason why is because... Before it used to be, they wanted so like a brand of like, it it's all a brand name, but also because yes. like think about it, when you go read Disney, Disney has a has a certain image they have to portray, which is gonna be turned upside down when Deadpool comes in. I'm gonna I'm excited to see what they're gonna do with that. Oh, I don't I don't I don't even I don't know, man. They I are just, making a Deadpool, and they did say it was gonna be rated R. Okay, but I mean even then, man, you just don't know what's gonna happen. But I feel like Disney looks at that and goes, because right when they bought Fox, they said, we're going to recast everyone except Ryan Reynolds. They did that for a reason. Because they knew. It's it's like saying Logan, too. It's like, oh, we're going to recast the Wolverine. It's like, no, like, this, like, it's like, it's like, um, it's like Hugh Jackman, Robert uh, Downey Jr., and then uh, Ryan Reynolds. Those are the three characters that they match perfectly with the. Yeah, so they were born to play. I still think, like, whatever great power there is, that Robert Downey Jr. was made and had all this stuff happen in his life to play Iron Man. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. Almost definitely, dude. I I mean, like, I I just don't think there's anyone that's uh, perfect to play that certain character as well as he's it. Like, Especially like as a as a person, especially as like a like he's a like little arrogant little guy, and then yeah. also he changed. That's kind of like how he was. I don't want to say he was arrogant, but I'm saying like he was more because you, you. It's like him saying like I'd rather you know die than not be than be sober. You know, or, yeah. was that he said at his showcase? Um, he's like oh, I forgot. Also, the second what, movie too. Was huh? acting right? Was he acting or what was it? Um. I forgot, but I think I know what Corey you're talking about. Like, like you know, but, it, but he was arrogant, basically. He was yeah, arrogant he was when very he was arrogant. Um, but yeah, Spider-Man Two, and um, yeah, I think with how, how do you like the new Spider-Man movies, like Far From Home and uh, um, I think first Homecoming. The best, honestly, the best, the best thing you could say to me instead of that is saying like, "How do you feel about the Marvel movies?" And I was just say. Because I feel like Spider-Man's, like, a Marvel movie. It's not really, like, its own thing now. Because, like, the best Spider-Man that came out recently was, like, Spider-Verse. Because that one one was a refresher of everything. It was, it it refreshed, it refreshed, like, movie, movies and animation, like, to me and every, and to view as a, as a audience member. And, um, it brought like a whole new way of animation. It brought new. It brought like a whole new story type. It, it, it just, it, it made me feel like a kid when I watched it. You know. Yes, I remember I was watching. I was like, like Spider Man. Like you know, like just like, like that genuine it, happiness. 
Yeah, you walk out and you're like, dude, especially like the music they made, especially oh, like this, especially like this solo at the end. Huh? Oh, especially when the first swing, that music is so perfect. Oh, everything about it was fucking perfect. I, yeah. I I would say that's a genuinely good made film that they put time and effort into it. Yes. But especially like the subtle jokes they made instead of like the Disney jokes they put in, like, oh, they're gonna laugh uh, in this. Like the subtle jokes Disney made, like the like my favorite part was like about the computer when he's all like, hey, uh, good news, we don't need the monitor, and he throws the monitor, and it's like, dude, like, I don't know, yeah. I, I found that funny because it was just like visual I, gag that they would never do in the MCU. They just make like a quippy joke. I'm sorry. Do you do you like Josh Whedon? Josh Whedon? Honestly, uh, I, I honestly I don't know that much about Josh Whedon. I'm sorry. I hate what he did to the MCU. The whole quip Avenger thing. I feel like that. I feel like that's holding it down from being so excellent. Because they're like, oh, we have to have the quips in here. We have to. We have to. We have to. It, uh, yeah. They, oh, that, we're making a Spider-Man. We have to. Every second, he's got a quip or something. Yeah. Like some some things hit, but at the same time, it's like it's like it's like one of those things. I like you're not a comedian. Oh, I'm I'm not gonna say that. Anyone could be. But I'm saying like yeah. I'm saying like um. You gotta change it up, man. You can't. You yeah. can't just you can't use the same gag every time. You gotta be. Like, yeah. Oh, this guy's gonna. This guy's gonna say some crooked joke. Always oh, gonna be awkward. You know. It's like, oh, we've seen this like a million times, man. You gotta change up your uh, comedic stuff. Like you can't like, just I have the same. Like how, I kind of like how Peter doesn't. He's still awkward in the second movie. At the end, he's still awkward. I think at the end of the second movie, he should have been, well, you know, more confident. You know, stop tripping over his own words a lot. You know what I mean? Because yeah. the same character from Civil War. Um, kind of getting tired of it. I think they're just trying to like, uh, what's the word? Show that he's still young. Yeah, even though Tom Holland's like what twenty four. <laughs> I know something like that. He looks so young. I don't know. There's a. It's yeah, crazy no. how actors look so young, especially so, that. As much as that, we just trash on the MCU. My second favorite movie of all time. Oh yeah, Infinity War. Infinity War. I think. Well, what do you think of Infinity War? I'm gonna be honest with you. Ever since I saw, I I, te- I, te- I texted you this. Ever since I saw Justice League: Dark Apocalypse. Oh. Like, I- I'm gonna be honest with you. I saw that. I know it is different though. I can't compare them two because they're both different. But yeah, just, but they kind of just... rely on the kind of the same stuff. Yeah, but the I think the fact that they legit shredded the whole yep. like eight A team B team D Dude. like. They shredded it, everyone, and then, oh. like, like, and it's not even, like, like, I think that's why I was just more like, dude, what the hell's going on? Yeah, you're just sitting there like, yo, why is everyone losing? What's happening? Dude, no, the one that hit me the most is when Shazam, 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 I can't say his name, Shazam, Shazam, I can't say that, I can't say, <laughs> I can't say the Z, but yeah. Just when, say Captain when, Marvel. Yeah, when Captain Marvel died. He and then like when he grab him and they all like pushed him down to the ground. Or here's the last like echo like Shazam and boom we fucking like uh, like when I heard that I was like you know where they got that from though that I respect or oh, I feel like they got that from that DC online game the that Shazam was so perfect by Black Adam it still gives me goosebumps to this day. I, I've seen that and that's why I love it so much because every time I hear that like anytime he dies and I hear that it just hits me hard because I'm like that's Dude. good. Like, I don't know. I it's think, because it was so good in that, and oh my god! Especially yeah, uh, when, especially when it's at a distance, they go get okay, like you don't even yeah. see them, and then our hears so jam, and then boom, it explodes. That's why I was just you like have a good voice actor too. If you don't have a good voice actor, any botches like the the words just have to have so much power into it. 
Really? Like, as that, much as I love Zachary Levi, I don't think he gives that same power. That that's that's that, that's why I love uh, the guy, the voice actor for Constantine. Constantine is like I don't know no, why. Not Ryan. Not Ryan, dude. I don't know why, but he's just he's born for it's like it, it, like he's this really is the worst. He, he's now like the Kevin Conroy of that voice because he's in the shows. He had his own show and now he's in the, the Arrowverse and now he's doing all the animated stuff. So I, yeah. I like he's pretty much the Kevin Conroy of that character. But exactly. yeah, with Infinity War, like oh, yeah. you were right, like he just shreds through them. But the the difference is between Dark Apocalypse and Infinity War and how they shred through the heroes. The heroes that we grew up loving, even though it's in its own universe. I know they have the DCAU. Um, like with Infinity War, when you see Thanos go through Cap and all of them on Earth, you know I'll even say before when he goes through both of them, um, on Titan and um after because after that you get why he's doing it, and you're just there like, hold on, let me listen to this guy, because <laughs> he literally uh, just walks up to Strange, he doesn't attack. He doesn't do anything. He just asks. He just says, "Oh, I guess he's dead." And then he just starts talking to him. And he, he doesn't even throw the first punch. Oh yeah. And you're just like, there, like, hold up. I like this. No, dude. Like, no, like, like the philosophy of Thanos is nice. Like, yeah. I love. I love. Kind of messed song. it up in Endgame, but you know. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, like then. I mean, like that was like a Dan because if you think about it, that was Thanos like. I yeah, felt like, that was like that, Guardians Thanos. Yeah, that wasn't even like a because at that time Thanos was like at a different mindset. Yeah. Like I guess because if you think about it, like he had interactions with the uh, I guess he, like right. No, the, yeah, because this is when uh, he had more understanding of what he was going against. Yeah. So that's why he realized like okay, and now I'm really gonna have to like because he remember like at the end of a uh, what movie what, what movie was it where he like grabbed the gauntlet and he's like. I guess I have to do it myself. Um, Age of Ultron. I still love yeah. that scene. I, that scene's so clean. He just walks up, just bam, let's do this. Yeah, exactly. That's that's at, at that moment. That's when you realize, like, oh, okay, he's a whole different guy. Now he's just like, I can't let anyone do it. I gotta do it myself. Like, it is a whole different mindset. But I uh, think with uh, with Thanos, like, I, I love. I have. I have. You can't see it, but I have a whole shelf dedicated to this character. I love this character i think i think he's i i don't know i don't want to say the best because i still think vader is the best written evil person yeah um but he's the second best villain but you can't even say he's a villain in infinity war because oh what's a villain you know it's somebody that is trying to do something good but he's clouded by his own mindset to where it's bad but with Thanos, you're sitting there, and you're like, he's not clouded. He knows what he's talking about. It's if like anything, he, the Avengers are the villains because they're trying to stop him from achieving this goal. I don't think it's that. I think it's more like he's like it's like the lighting man. Like he's a lighting of what needs yes. to be done. Like he sees himself as like I don't see a god. He sees himself as a savior to people. And that's it's. it's go ahead. No, no. Go. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say like. It's not like, oh, I'm just going to do this. I don't even know. I don't know if it's going to work or anything. He literally says he gave this plan to his home planet. And, and if he, they didn't do it, it would go to ruins. And he was right. So it's not like he just thought about this out of nowhere. Like, this, he has experience where, like, if this would have happened, 
And we can't even say, oh, but he didn't know he didn't know it was gonna happen. He literally tells Gamora that after he wiped out half the population, everything was better. Everything. Yeah. And like you can't argue with facts. Like he's literally just giving out facts and you're just there like, Okay, fair, but you know, you're you're still bad. By the end of the movie when he when he snaps, obviously you're gonna cry because of all the, the characters you grew up to love is gone. Yeah. Uh, but you're there like that was deserved, especially when he sits down. Nothing said. I, I think that's my favorite thing directors do when they do it well. Oh yeah. When they when nothing said, but you know exactly what they're thinking. And I'm sitting there. I looked at my girlfriend and I said, "That was perfect." They can end was, the MCU right there. That's it. Was it. Per- it was perfectly timed how they did it. Yeah. Just yeah. like the what? No, go ahead. Uh, just like the, it was just like the pace of it, like at the very end, because it was just like a quick snap. It was kind of like one of those things, like a quick snap, and everything changed, and it yeah. was just like everything just slowed, and it was just like yeah. you, you. It's like one of those things that like it gave you time to piece everything, or like pick up yep. what just happened. Like right when Bucky falls, the movie tells you, okay, this is what's happening. Hurry up and get get your mind on this, because you know Cap he walks over there. It was like that, like a like a thirty second pause from. When Bucky died, to the next person, because the film needs you to know this is happening, and you need to know this is happening. And yeah. once it cuts to everyone else, you're like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like, dude, it was just. What? It's crazy how the Russo brothers went from TV to a space odyssey. That's pretty much, I think, is a perfect film. I know it's. It, I mean, like. Let's be honest. I mean, the the way they're directing it is pretty like they understand like how they like how it hit the audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they 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 know how they like hit the audience with stuff, especially. hundred oh, percent. Yeah, man. I think. What were you gonna say? No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say like, yeah, I, like when I watched it, it hit me because I was just like, dude, I didn't like. I mean, obviously we knew we were gonna die, but the way they did it was made me like, oh wow, this hit like harder. And the whole yeah. time I just didn't want to talk. I was like, I don't want to talk right now, bro. Like, dude. I just it just felt it just felt you felt that like that suit like that soothe quiet like they just it's not even like it's a silence and it's just like it just hits you a certain way and it impacts you. I think the way they ended it, there was no grand music. Uh, at the end credits, there was no boom, 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 boom. No, it was silent and until it, the very end, where you hear the, the the Avengers theme, like the piano, and it just fades off. Everyone's in the theater, oh, yeah. and you're just sitting there like. And the fact that they literally, because everyone's waiting there, and usually in the end of movies it says so and so will return, and it just said the Avengers will return question mark and i i literally I, I was done i was like oh my god it made you it made you really like okay well it, it makes you think more like what's gonna happen especially with like daniel's at the farm he's just like it's one of those things you just like think to yourself you're like what the heck like is next like and yes. that's when people start speculating like okay well we gotta like this is when all the news <laughs> yeah i mean like i, don't know, I, I mean like name. i, I feel, I feel like uh the Anna, oh, Anna. Oh, ever since I'm telling you, ever since I watched the like DC animated movies, I'm just like, bro. They're like, good. I mean, like I'm gonna be honest, like the DCU, like the real life ones, oh, suck. God. It's garbage because they, they're not putting in the time like they are with the animated ones. But when I saw Flashpoint Paradox, dude, it was just oh, 
like so good, huh? I, I started that I started off with that one, Flashpoint Paradox, and when I watched yeah. it, I was just like, dude, this is like the best like time travel thing. Yep. Cause you never seen like how one person could change everything. Literally a single person and apocalypse. Like it's crazy. Oh dude. Especially I'm like to see what the next DCAU movie's gonna be. Oh, oh, I, I, I don't even want, I don't know. I just, I love, uh, like, like, that's why, I don't know. I, I just, I'm sorry about it, but I just, like, like the way they ended it, because, like, the way they yeah. ended it was just, like, they're trying to figure out, like, okay, what we're going to do, what are you going to do? And then all of a sudden, you just hear Constantine talking to uh, oh my God, the Flash, man. and you're like, you know, we got to do. And then he says, like, and then this, he, he doesn't say anything. He just said the next word. He said, yep. Flashpoint. Like, yep. like he already knew, and he was just like, and then like See, we already knew before he even said Flashpoint because I don't because constantly knows he knows what he's gonna say. Oh yeah, dude. But I love you saw how they did at the beginning of the film. If anyone has seen it, uh, if you watch the beginning, they have that quote saying, um, it, they he used the same one as he did in the Flashpoint Paradox. There's a quote saying yeah. like, what was it? It was like I think it was like, uh, God. It's- I forgot. By the way, I found a steel book of Dark Apocalypse at a uh, Target. Oh, I gotta get that. Oh no, oh no. But what's it called? Infinity War was great. I loved it because, like, watching like something like that, as especially when the uh, like think about it, we've been leading up to this. Yeah, like it's one. It's one of those things that you've been leading up to this, and the way they like went out was like a big bang. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. I think. Yeah, um, that, I said I said on my story. I don't know if you saw it. Um, I put on my story that the Avengers needed to end it. The MCU needed to end it with the, with the Big Bang. There, there was no other way. Uh, yeah, it had to end with that. That's why they had the characters still there still. Like if they if they could yeah. they could kill them all. Which which is what I don't know. I like that kind of stuff because it shows like more of a tense thing. Yes. But I mean, like like I said, I'm biased. You know what? Like that's just, yeah. Like. You know what? But at the same time, like, with that bang, like, you just, it was just silence. You were like, dude, for real? And um, I put with Star Wars, um, with Rise of Skywalker, they, they didn't have to, they, there's, they, Star Wars doesn't need to end with a big bang. For me, Star Wars needs to end with a personal connection. Um, like, going back to um, the original trilogy. Like yes, there was a fight, it was a space fight, but the whole in, the reason why you're really there is to see if Luke will turn. It, it's based on this character, like a personal story with this character, his father, and this emperor. Yeah, you know you got the flashy boom boom bang, but yeah. um, you're really there because Luke is trying to turn his father to good, which <laughs> makes me mad about the Last Jedi, but. Uh, and even going on to the prequels, George ended it with literally um, Obi-Wan giving Luke to Aunt Beru and her husband, just looking off to the sunset. Like, Star Wars is a personal story um, based on this character. And in the last movie, they really, they, they fumbled so hard because they were like, oh, Avengers did this grand Thing, uh, uh, a bunch of ships. Just throw a bunch of ships at the end. Um, Palpatine yeah. uses lightning. At the end. Yeah. Uh, it, Ray's the yellow lightsaber, by the way. It, it it seems like the not. I feel like movies like blockbusters now aren't like real. I feel like they're not even writing anymore. They're just putting in like plot points, saying like, okay, 
they fight, they go on a search, they find it, they go back, big fight scene, boom, there you go. Someone write the dialogue or some shit, you you know. And it's kind of like, you can't, you can't write something like that. If you're gonna write a story, you gotta write it each scene. Like, you can make some plot points, but I mean, like, you gotta understand, if you wanna be a real writer, if you wanna write something that it's gonna take the breath away of the audience. You gotta go with the writing. You gotta go with the audience. You're not gonna know. That's why Quentin Tarantino was like the best. Not even Quentin Tarantino. Every writer, they be like great writers. Scorsese is perfect. Scorsese is a perfect example because he doesn't even do action like that. He's literally just a amazing writer. Exactly. I was watching Irishman. I started it at ten or eleven, and it's a three hour and a half movie. I got done at two, and I was like, that movie just flew. I want to watch it again. It's so well written, and I'm listening. They're like, they didn't feel like three hours at all. Oh, exactly, dude. Especially like, uh, like one one thing that got me was like the Cohen brothers. Uh, um, what movie was it? It was not. It's not the uh, No Country for Old Men. The Uh, way out. The way how they like like wrote it. Like at the end, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't like. Like the way how like they killed off the character. And it was just like it was kind of like you didn't understand what the heck just happened, and that's the whole point because you following you're not really following those characters you're following the sheriff. Yeah. At the end, that's what the film was about, and I when I realized that after like he gives his like last monologue, yeah. like when he goes to black, I was like, he's the character that I sh- that yeah. he's he's the main point of the film. That he's the main point of what the film was about, and that's yeah. what in writing you gotta go if you want a big shocker you gotta go with the writing you gotta. Like yeah. you might you might have an idea, but you gotta go with it because things yeah. are gonna change. And then after mm-hmm. it, you're gonna realize these these are the things the character wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. You gotta understand what the character is. Yeah, for me, like the way they ended Clone Wars, which you said you haven't seen, so I won't spoil it. Um, no, you can spoil they, it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, because I seen so clips of some stuff. Okay, so basically at the very end, you know, they have this big. First off, um, Rex, you know, does Order 66. But it's not the fact that he does it. It's the fact that Sidious tells him, and there's a moment where Rex is standing there. He's shaking. He drops the helmet. Yeah. Um, I was so good asking, are you okay? He literally turned on points to blasters, and you're thinking, oh, he's going to start shooting. This is sad. But then you look, and I, I posted on my story, and people were like, oh, I didn't even notice that. He starts crying that he's doing this. Like, oh, God, I hate that scene because it's so good because you literally see – because they were just having a great conversation about, like, oh, maybe – because Rex is like, oh, without this war, we wouldn't have been made. And Ahsoka's like, oh, maybe good things did come out of this war then. Yeah. And then he, he starts crying, and he ultimately does it because, you know, the chip. Um and the very like they do this whole thing you know they escape the the whole explosions all that but the yeah. last three minutes of clone wars is there's no there's no one says anything um it goes from ahsoka looking at the graves of the clones to mm-hmm. i want to say maybe like five years in the future um and it cuts the stormtroopers where the clones were yeah um and you see Vader's ship land. You don't see Vader. You just see, like, his feet, his cape. He walks. Not, no one's not even the clones say anything or, or the stormtroopers say anything. He walks. 
He goes to the site. It is a beautiful shot of Vader walking towards the ship. And you, it's a, a, uh, a bub shot where you see yeah. the whole ship and you see Vader so small walking. And he finds Ahsoka's lightsaber that she left there. He turns it on. He looks up and he sees the owl that always follows Ahsoka. And if you look closely, his Sith eyes are back to normal, to regular eyes. Insinuating that he, at this moment, is Anakin Skywalker, not Darth Vader. Yeah. And no one, nothing is said. He turns around and he walks away. And it cuts. The final shot is Vader walking away in the visor of a clone helmet. Signifying that he's walking away from the past. And it shows that because when he when he walks farther enough, he disappears from the helmet and it ends. And I'm like, that is a Star Wars ending. That is an ending. Like, like that, less is more. It it it, it, it was well executed, well written, well directed. It was like it, it that's that's what storytelling is, man. It's like yeah. especially the part where you say the light, like it connects it connects with. The films with the first, like the first trilogy, where it's or or I don't know, yeah, the first trilogy that was made, my bad. The first yeah, trilogy that was that was made because it shows like uh, it, it it shows you the what's the word? It shows you that he still has a light in him. Mm-hmm. And and like something like with that ending, I, I went back and I, uh, I watched that. Then me and my girlfriend watched Rise of Skywalker, and we're watching. I'm like, what is this? Like. <laughs> this isn't even Star Wars. Like, you, you know what? For this, for this interview, I was I was watching it because I knew you were gonna talk about it too. But when I was watching it, there was a, I, I the whole time I was just like, like there, there's like, is this feel like they were just trying to throw stuff in to like be like, yeah. right. they're like, the is gonna love this bullshit. All right, throw that in there. It's like yeah. it's like it's like it's like you're making a pie and it's like all right, throw this. Where's the oregano? Where's the yeah, all right, like, that that looks interesting. Just put it in there, and it's like, dude, like I, every every podcast, I always go into Star Wars, but that's because I like I like I'm so passionate about it because I love this universe. Um, but like I was watching Rise after watching that ending, I was like, what is this? Like, where did she even get the yellow lightsaber? <laughs> like that was interesting. Uh, I saw that. I was like, what the heck? Because the planet, the planet where the kyber crystals come from, it's destroyed. It was Star Killer Base. Um. Well, I mean, like, if anything, well, I mean, if you, if, if, well, yeah, well, let's just say, let's just say, like, she's just found, like, lightsabers left over from some dead people, you know? I I guess. But but let's just say, let's hypothetically just say that. Yeah, yeah. but, like, um, the one part I was kind of like, oh, you guys only did that. That's, that was such the laziest attempt to do this, is when she's on the ground, Palpatine's winning. And it goes up to the to space, and you hear the Force Ghost. Now, in the theaters, I loved it because I love Obi. Obi Wan's my favorite character in all of Star Wars. Yeah. Um, Anakin's there. I love Anakin. Um, you hear Ahsoka. Everyone. But I, after I watching, surprised. I was like, after, after watching, I was like, you could have done so much more. Like, why not show the Force Ghost? Like, I, they they overuse the Force Ghost so much, bro. I was oh the whole time I just God. saw. The whole time I was just like, because you know, Palpatine talked to uh, Kylo. I was thinking like, if he could do this bullshit, how come like he did this like hologram shit with fucking Darth Vader? Yeah, like, like, I was just, my uh, my opinion is, um, Kylo is was Kylo was the main character. Um, yeah. I don't consider Rey a good character. You know, you're you are a 
a person that loves film. You are you you love film, all that stuff. I want to first uh, first off, my favorite movie of all time is um, yeah. I was gonna say we haven't gotten to that. <laughs> uh, my favorite movie of all time is um, it's a toss up between. You know what? No, it's not. It's Star Wars. The first Star Wars movie is my favorite movie of all time. I know. Um, right, I, New Hope. Yeah. Yeah, New Hope. Um, it's it's perfectly casted. Um, even though Alec Guinness hated the role, um, <laughs> the story was perfect. The literally a good and evil. You know, simple yeah. but simple's good. Um, the way it ends with a big triumphant ceremony. Um, you know, like just it was it, to me. It's a perfect movie, and that was like my comfort movie when I was younger. Like it's it's a great movie, it's, but go ahead. No, I was gonna space. I was gonna say especially like the arrows and like like yes. they, like people like when people saw this, they're like what the hell is this shit? Like this is what I'm yeah. talking about movies. Like you know, yeah. Like, this, this, is, this isn't Star Trek. Like this is something completely different. Exactly. Oh, but continue. What you're gonna say, man. Um, but you. you you love movies, not yeah. just because like, you love more than just Star Wars. Like you, I'm pretty sure you love the indie kind of movies and all that. Oh, um, yeah. So my question to you is, because I keep hearing that these are good movies. Do you like or how do you feel about the Force Awakens, Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker? Dude, it's like, it's this. I'm gonna be honest. Um, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna just summarize this with just movies in general now, because it's like this is just how I feel towards just like the movie industry now. When the movie industry began, it was actual artists, because that's why it was hard in the beginning. I always I always say this in the in the directors roundtable. They always talk about this, like why is movies going bad. And they said it's so many directors. And, like, I don't have a problem with a lot of directors, a lot of actors. Like, I think it's great that a lot of people gain the chance. But the fact that we are, it's like YouTube now. If you watch a YouTube video, it's all content. People are just selling content just so they could get more money. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the movie industry now, they went from creating movies that were, that took time to write, that took time to, like, produce, that took, like, like like i'm gonna be honest they rushed stuff yeah they rushed it but that was because like you know time costs money yeah but at the same time like i heard like uh this thing that bill burr said like the like the the it's like the dry season right now and like Mm -hmm. this so limited money now for the movie industry because of everything that's going on Mm -hmm. but but movies like these they're just selling the brand now they're just selling the title it's like, it's like um, what where are their brand? It's like the Marvel movies too. It's like you're selling the brand now. You're just selling like, yeah. it's like it's not even about like selling the movie anymore. You're just selling the name for it, and it yeah. doesn't matter how good, how you know what it is. It's just um, it's a, uh, it's just something they just want to make money off of, which is horrible because that's I, even. Lucas said this in the beginning. He said when he first started, it was an interview about him, and he was saying like, because he was making like certain like artistic films, and he says like, um, movies isn't a business. You know, you can't like movies is, and that's why a lot of people, that's why producers or like, and then uh, art like directors become buttheads because they want to sell yeah. the movie, but you can't sell art. 
you know, or yeah. has to be made because the best quote I heard was by Eric Jacobson, uh, J- the Chafee uh, college professor. I took his class. class. Yeah, the best thing he said was art imitates life, mm-hmm. and do that, and like that's do, and that's how cinema is. It's relating what life is, and when you see this stuff, it, this isn't life. This is just something you want to put into us and feed us and sell us. Yeah. Like it's, it's not like, it's not like uh, it's not. It's just not. I don't want to say it's not proper storytelling. But I think it's like it's like they're cheating themselves. Yeah, it's it's just but it's changing like, for the wrong. Yeah, if it, it feels like it's like you don't have to try anymore to be a director anymore. It yeah. just seems like oh, you have a script. All right, let's someone wrote let's a script here. Out. All right, someone wrote a script here. Let's uh, let's go, let's go make this right now. It's like okay, movie, but you don't want to like the movie. I think that's why Joker did so well. Exactly because it was a fre- it was actual someone that knew how to storytell that and it was and an actor as well who was able yeah. to portray the character. It's like with the right script and the right actor and the right director, you able to. It, I mean, you gotta look what directing is and what movie and filmmaking is. Filmmaking yeah. isn't just putting the camera right in front of something and just shooting it or filming it. Yeah. What what it is is a visual language. Which is basically like, um, it's like the tension, suspension, or like it's basically uh, fading the shot and having a double meaning. It's it's like meaning within the shot. It's not just shooting it just so you can see. It's meaning within the shot, and it's like the music you add. Well, would it impact the audience, or why would it flow together? And it's also like uh, the actor. You gotta pick the right actor to be able to portray this character. And the and it's just it's just it's different components fitting together. It's not just one, which is why like with this film, it just seems like this just trying to sell us this brand. And which is why I don't know. I just don't like movies in general now, because I feel like this is trying to like they just it's just YouTube now. I feel yeah. like it's YouTube. That's why that's why when like Martin Scorsese makes a film or uh, like the big heads, anytime. Yeah. Time you hear a big head make a movie, you want to see it because it reminds you of what film is. Yeah, I think that's why I loved uh, Once Upon a Time so much because watching that movie, I love, I love Hollywood. I love the atmosphere. I love LA. Yeah. And watching that movie and seeing like the, the huge love letter to it and how they have the characters, like they're pretty much caricatures and all that. No, of, yeah. the, of that time, like literally, they even show characters of those characters and like from Mad and all that. Um, after watching the movie, I was like, "That I love this movie because not only is it a great film, it's greatly written, great characters, but it it, it reminds me that film is an art form that we're kind of losing now, and I think Tarantino knows that, and that's why he probably wanted to make this film to say." this is filmmaking like exactly like there's a behind the scenes where um he's after he's on a crane and they're shooting something and he looks at his people and, and he goes that's why we love making movies and everyone yeah he's goes, a like, like that's such a that's such a passion in there and you're just like this is what this is a movie like it's a movie movies like this and uncut gems are those kind of movies i don't try to sell anything it's just like we're just here to be a good movie. 
Yeah, it's like it's like it's like a it's just the art form of like I don't want to say making it. Well, I mean making it is an art form, but I'm saying like yeah. it's like I'm gonna say this. It's like the movie The Graduate, and I'm pretty sure you've seen the class. And yeah, I've seen it. If you if people haven't seen The Graduate, it was basically um, it was a period piece where like at the time it was it was it's like. It's like the movie uh, Boys in the Hood. It's like people. It's like the movie of a uh, Dead Poet Society or Fight Fight Club. It's like those period pieces are during the period, and at the time, like it makes sense because uh, it, it it has a personal story with you. It has a personal setting with the the audience and that time at the period, but also yeah. like the way they shoot it, the way they write it, the way how like it sets up. It there's more meaning to it. Like there's not just a you go. It's not like you watch Transformers. It's not like you go you watch a Michael Bay film. Oh, visual like elements like yeah. oh, it's like visual orgasm and all that. It's not yeah. just that. You actually get you have empathy. You get connected with it and you just you get more attached to the film and that's why you want to watch more. Because then you'd be like when you. That's why I, I was trying to do with the movie Me because I tried doing that with some elements, but. Obviously, like like uh like one of the songs I picked, one of the songs I did was a uh, by Jake Cole it was called uh, Adolescence. I think that's what it's called, Adolescence. Uh huh. Adolescence. I don't know. It's one of those things. It's in the uh, 2014 Forest Drives album. But there's a there's a song there's a part. The reason I picked that song, if you listen to it at the very end, it goes to where uh, Jake Cole said he goes up to his friend and he says like. Oh, I see where you want to be. I want to be like, how, like, how could like a guy like me be like you? And then his friend says, "Do you hear yourself right now?" And he mm. says, "If you were a man's, I'd think you're a clown right now." And he says, "Listen, you everything. That's why. I, that's why I mess with you. You everything I want to be. Like, like. Well, you say you look up to me, but I'm the one who's looking up to you." And he said, "Like, you're gonna go out there get a degree while I'm out, when I'm out here only have two choices: either wait." either wait or sell a number two which is like a you know a burger like you know yeah it was saying like you have a chance to go do big things while i'm here stuck with only like a few choices and that's the element that's why i that was like the element of what lean's character was yeah but it's like it's like you gotta understand like certain stuff like that that's what art is is implementing those stuff and emphasizing so when you watch it and you actually do research or you actually like realize like oh, what does that mean and then you do we be like oh wow i didn't know that like this guy actually put in the time like the like uh i don't want to say the dark it's like uh what was it what, what's a good what's a good uh subject I'll, I'll probably say like the joker how like they did all this research about like yeah. past jokers or like mental illness or just uh like like even like um what was it bozo the clown had they had the mask for it like yeah. they they looked up. They looked up the history about it. They looked up seeing. Oh no, that was the the Dark Knight. They used Bozo the mask. There we go. I was just like, that doesn't sound right with the Joker. It was a Dark. Like, Knight. I know Joker. There was a mask, but I don't think it was the. No, Bozo. it was Bozo the clown was in the Dark Knight when they robbed the bank. They yeah, had, and he takes uh, it off. Yeah, he, he had the Bozo the mask out. Then he takes it off, and oh my gosh, that's just everything about that film. But you get what I, I mean. Uh-huh. You get what I mean. Like there's. This storytelling to it, even like the Dark Knight Rises, they had this tale to cities like, um, what's it called? Essence of what the city is right now, the tale to cities. Yeah. I don't think it was that executed that good, by the way. I don't know, 
It's because like this. Started... Um, for me, I, I I like the Dark Knight. Um, the ending was kind of like okay, that was a good. The ending. Dark Knight Rises, I mean. Oh, right. Dark Knight Rises, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dark Knight Rises, I was like, yeah, that was a good ending, you know. Yeah. How, how do you live? I don't know. Um, yeah. The the what I heard is like uh, the reason why it didn't fade is because like they didn't emphasize like the rich and the poor. Like yeah. there is like that's the whole point of Telltale series is because the rich were being dicks to the poor. Like they were be, like they were eating a lot. The poor were like suffering a lot. Yeah. And if they would have show that more, where it's all like the people are more safer now. Like they were like, oh, we can do whatever we want. If they like emphasize that a little more and just like when people are suffering, like oh, we need help. Like you know, like oh, like say like they do a little petty crime, like something small, mm-hmm. they get like punished. Yeah. You know, but. I don't know. It's a, It's just like I. I still love it, but it's just like it was hard to do to like transition it with yeah. all the stuff many. But I mean, like I still give it props. Like it's not a bad film. It's still great. No, it's just like certain uh, things. With um, with the new trilogy, like I think going off of like Dark Knight because that's like comparing two well done trilogies. Even though maybe the last one wasn't you know as great. I mean, coming off of Dark Knight, you know, such a hard act to follow up. Yeah. Uh, with the problem with the new trilogy was the middle movie, which was The Last Jedi, which mm-hmm. took. I don't know if you're familiar about J.J. Abrams' whole mystery box philosophy. Um, um, I don't. J.J. Abrams is like, I don't know. He's just. I think he's he's okay. He's he's okay, but I mean, like, I don't know, because like that fool like isn't consistent. Because I remember I was yeah. watching. I was watching his TV show Lost. I loved it. But I mean, at the same time, there was elements that like didn't make sense. And it was because of like certain things happened with yeah. actors or anything like that. But at the same time, you just got lost. You're like, that it still doesn't make sense. Like you still, it's like plot holes that didn't fill up. Yeah. That was I, I think that's what really hurt this, this trilogy too, because his mystery, box, his mystery box philosophy was, um, okay, we're going to set this up right here. We're going to make you think about it all this stuff um but then the next movie will get answers but then the next movie comes out which is the last jedi and it take, basically takes that box puts it into a fire and then throws a grenade into that fire <laughs> um just just getting rid of everything and i think that's the one i wanted to ask you about the, the most because i think everyone i've had on here you know they have they love star wars they love um they love the they love all this stuff but i think with you since you have such a, a broader mindset when it comes to movies like the the last jedi is a divisive movie but from your yeah. perspective what what did you think of it from i guess the director to the characters to the writing I like think all of that stuff it's a uh, um the re- well i'm going to talk about the first two like trilogies it worked off good i mean even the second trilogy was okay because i wish they did the whole jar jar binks thing i know a lot of people would say that and the yeah. reason why the the reason why uh I like a I think that would have been cool because like it's like what they said in the first movie like it's someone that you didn't know and it would have been great if like they show like oh like say like it was Palpatine like it was a guy but then Jar Jar Binks like kills him and then it was like him saying like oh I'm the guy like I was yeah. like 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 say like he does it but then all of a sudden like if like Jar Jar Binks kills him he's like or like they say like. Or like say like Yoda and Palpatine fighting and all stuff, and yeah. then as Yoda is like about to like say like Yoda gets an advantage, and then all of a sudden you see Jar Jar Binks killed like Palpatine, and it's all like yeah, but but the problem like, with that is it's a prequel 
to an yeah, I know. Palpatine's alive in the next trilogy, unless you know. know Jar Jar just turns into Palpatine. I know, but I mean, like, it, I mean, like that. But you get what I'm saying. Like, it would be cool. Yeah, I like, got you. Binks was a guy. I mean, like, yeah. obviously, like, uh, there's some flaws to it. But I mean, like, it would have been cool if he would have done that. People, but I, people I, say the flaws are the politics. There's too much politics. Too much. Po- too much talking. I personally love the politics. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll fight this. I like the politics in Star Wars is so interesting, and. Now that it was taken away, okay, from the new trilogy, everyone's like, oh, oh what, what's the world like? What's this like in here? Yeah, I think that's why it's because, well, I mean, when you talk about politics, you got to think about, like, what's the word? You got to think about, like, how these, how they execute the politics. Because it could be, like, where it's, like, um, I'm only going to Dark Knight because I feel yeah. like it's best, like, because a lot of people seen, like, the Dark Knight movies. Yeah. Um. The reason, say, like you talk about the Dark Knight, and it's like their politics, and it shows like, okay, they're doing the whole justice system, mm-hmm. so they're doing like a certain thing. Like even even the first time you meet Gordon talking to uh, Dent. what's his name? Uh, Dent. You're talking to Dent. There, he's talking about politics, saying like, oh, we need like this to be, we need you to design this to be able to like, uh, yeah. hold up the bank. Like you know, when he was saying like, okay, well, but you know. You know, next election, they're going to be gunning for you. Like, they talk, that's how you do subtle politics. Yeah. That's why you got to, that's why I said, you got to do it. The audience don't want too much politics because then it'll just be like like the house of cards. Like, all you do is talk about politics. I love that show, by the way. (laughs) I I haven't seen it. I got to watch it. It's really good. But uh, just just be ready for some, like, a lot of politic talk. Uh, But it's really good. I mean, I mean, it's good. For like, like, you know, how anyways, uh back to what I was saying. Like that's what that's what I'm saying. Like that's something that he could realize too. But at the same time, like he was getting a lot of pressure for people to like make it the prequels. That's yeah. what my lot my knowledge was. Um I could be wrong. But uh I don't know. I'm not fucking George Lucas. I'm not I don't know <laughs> what the heck he, he was he was trying to do. But anyways, um yeah. But this trilogy I Bang! The Marvels in like doing what they did in the first trilogy. They're like, okay, Death Star, all this stuff. You know, it wasn't. It didn't feel new. It felt like they were trying to bank off like old stories. And yeah. I, don't, I don't know much about like, because I'll be honest, I only watched it like once of all the three movies. And the reason that's why I only that's why like I think you're a perfect person to ask because you know you're not really in depth into this universe as maybe the other people I talked to on this podcast. Like yeah. that's why I think you're you're pretty perfect on this. Yeah, and the reason the the reason I only watched it once is because it's just like it, like when I watched the second and third one, like the second one, I was excited because I like we were trying to get tickets and we were trying to see it, so we're like yeah. excited after it. And I, after like we left, and then like a few days came in, and then we started like analyzing it. Like all me and my friends started talking about it. We're like, okay, why were we like we were just hyped because in the moment, but then after I afterwards we like realized like this movie wasn't that good. And then when I saw the third movie, I was just like, it was like Michael Bay, like too much stuff going on. But uh, the reason I feel like these got to stop trying to rebrand this stuff and trying to feed us this crap because it's like you got to create a new story, man. I mean, think about it. You could have just banked off of like them trying to build a new republic, them trying to build the new Jedi Order or something like that. Like you could have... 
Like, you, there's so much, like, ideas you could have gone, but they just tried to, like, they were trying to, like, pawn us off saying, like, like, these is wanting a new excuse to, oh, like, I, I don't think it's that. I think, I feel like they just got lazy with it. And yeah, they, said, they got very lazy. Yeah, and they just said, it was like, it's kind of like Games of Thrones. Anyone who's seen Games of Thrones, it was, like, the last two seasons, it felt like they were trying to rush everything to finish it. Or just trying to, you know, put it out there. And it just seemed like they weren't trying to, like, collaborate or anything like that. They weren't trying to, like, figure out, like, what's best for the story. And what, what, what what's the shocker that would shock the audience? Or, you know, because if you think about it, like, the first trilogy, they shocked the audience with Darth Vader being his dad. Mm-hmm. Like, like everyone, even even Harrison Ford, uh, Harrison Ford didn't even know when he watched it. He was like, "Yeah." He goes out there, he's like, "I didn't know that." Like, yeah, it's like, but, why didn't you tell me that or something like that? And he was like, "What?" Yeah, and it, yeah, and it was just like, and the whole time, it's like one of those things that like you gotta you gotta keep surprises with the audience. That's how, and that and that's why I said when you write, you gotta write with what you're writing at that moment. You can have some steps of an idea, but you gotta go with it because it's like. It's a new story being told. You don't want to have the same story over and over again. Because it's kind of like, I don't want to say an example is like Back to the Future. I love Back to the Future. I love it but, too. But the thing is, is that like, I mean, like, then again, it shows like the conflict between Marty McFly, how like he's he's always like trying to like prove that he's not scared, he's not yellow belly. But sometimes, yeah. it, but it shows growth when you walk away because it shows more of a man. And that's him yeah. trying to be a man. So like, but. Uh, at the same time, you realize like each movie was the same thing, mm. although it was different. There was some like same things that they were doing, emphasizing. But I mean, like that's just a way how they did it. They did it where it's like a, I guess a reinforcement of certain things. And I yeah. guess it, I, I I would say like it showed like the problem that he has every time he turn around. Like there was always yeah. a, like every time he turn around, like it just shows like growth at the final end of it that he changed his future and he could like. You know he could uh he's in charge of what his future gonna be and understand yeah. his but with this film it's just like i said it just seemed like they were trying to bank off of the whole the whole uh um what's it called the whole brand name of what star wars was mm-hmm. like that let's be honest that's what that's what that's why i kind of mad at disney because they're just trying to bank off of money oh let's yeah, be yeah i think I, that's what kind of like gets me sad because um we have stuff like Jedi Fallen Order, which is a really, it's a great, it's like probably one of the best things Star Wars has come out with, but there's, the Disney doesn't give it that much love. Like, I, there's no merchandise for it besides the game. Yeah. Um, but then, like, you have these these bad movies that get all the advertisements and everything, and it makes me sad because they're going to blame the game for not doing as well, even though they're not pushing it as much as, like, a bad movie, like, they're pushing out. Um yeah. Like, for me, Star Wars, besides Clone Wars, because that's just a person that's that's doing it. Um, Star Wars doesn't have a soul anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, it just feels like it's just being pushed out because Star Wars. Like, deep in our throat saying, like, eat it, eat it. Yeah, like. You want it's this. Because, yeah, because it's sad because there's a quote that the president of Star Wars made that gets me so frustrated. Um, she was talking about criticism for the movies, uh, for Last Jedi and all that. And they asked her, they asked her a question, oh, what were the movies and all that? And she was like, this isn't easy. Um, we don't, hold on, hold on, it gets better. It's like, this isn't easy. We don't have 
a thousand page novel we can go off of. We don't have we don't have source material or anything. And it gets me so mad that she says that. Like she's basically saying we have nothing to work off. But when they first bought Star Wars, they threw away the entire expanded universe um, that they could have used. A bunch of novels, Old Republic, um, New Jedi Order, fan fiction. (laughs) Uh, Like, so much stuff. But then she says this quote, and you're like, are you stupid? Like, you are the reason why you don't have anything to go off of. That's your fault at that point. And now that we're going down this path of you know, maybe Star Wars is getting some redemption. You know, Clone Wars was fantastic. Mandalorian's doing pretty good. Yeah. Um, oh, Mandalorian. Yeah, Mandalorian's pretty good. Yeah, because it was such a different take. It was so different than regular Star Wars until next season. Next season, they're going to go full-fledged Star Wars. I, I hope. I hope. Well, man, I hope they implement some Western in it. Because it honestly feels like a Western kind of They film. should. I would love a Western-style um, Oh, my gosh. If they- show. If they did that, that'd be great. Cause it could yeah. be, per- if you think about it, it could be what movie was it? Uh, it's just John Ford movie, I think. Oh, I don't think it was, but it was a, it was like a, I can't remember what it was. I can't. It was basically the guy protecting the town, and it was like the boy. It was like the boy saying like, "Don't go," and he says like, "Oh, like I gotta go," and he's like, "There's always gonna be evil or something like that." Yeah. And he was, and he, he was telling this kid, like he has to go, like. Basically, we're saying like I'm gonna be who I am to be, and you gotta yeah. be, yeah. So I can't, I can't remember what you said, but I don't remember the, whole, I don't remember the whole dialogue where you told the kid. But basically, it was a Western saying like that's how it is with the Mandalorian. They can do, it's like, yeah, like the little Yoda baby could be something great, <laughs> something like yeah. pure, but he's not gonna be because of all the shit that he's done. Like if they keep it like that, that'd be great. Like I mean, he could that's be what good. Trying but, to do. Oh, I hope they keep it. I mean, Favreau's behind the camera, so you know what I mean? Like, we, we both know John Favreau's a really good director. Um, oh, yeah. But I think you're right about, you know, the whole way movies is kind of going now. It's just selling a brand more so than selling a movie. It, let's and, be honest. It's producers, man. It's, it's yeah. it, like, like it's, it's just producers, executive heads. Like, they just think that they know. Or not even that. It's just, like, they'll, it, it's because... Of all the competition with YouTube, people are watching YouTube videos, mm-hmm. or like they would just watch like I don't even because uh, the kids are the future right now, and it and like I don't know I just feel like the it's just the culture right now with the audiences. Oh, yeah. isn't that, isn't that something we wanted to talk about? Oh, yes, the uh, that video I sent you. Yeah. Not even just no, forget about Star Wars, but that kind of mindset in general for entertainment like that can't be a good mindset yeah you want to explain the video real quick to the people who so don't know the video i sent him to kind of go over it was this girl on tiktok saying that if you're a conservative you are not allowed in the star wars fandom like you just leave you're not allowed we don't want you here because you're a racist homophobic everything the worst things in the book you can call someone um and just saying like is this gatekeeping? Yes, it is. I'm trying to make it sound like gatekeeping is a good thing. Like, um, it's, like, it's not. Um, and she's basically just saying, like, we don't want you here. Um, yada, yada. Just basically, that's pretty much the point of her video. Like, if you're a conservative, we don't want you in this fandom. And yeah. I want to talk to you about that because, like, that can't be a good mindset for entertainment for the yeah. future. It's, well, it's not a good mindset for anything, man. Because if you it's look true. about it, it's like, 
here's the thing here's the thing with movements I, I don't even think it's movements i think it's just people in general that they gotta understand they gotta understand that people are people okay and you and you gotta understand the how the mindsets of other people are instead of yours because if you just look at yourself you're not gonna grow as a person you're not gonna yeah. understand and the one thing i tell people that they gotta do when they grow as a person is that you gotta understand that that's the only thing you gotta do you gotta understand stop keeping yourself in this bubble and start then pop it and go and understand other people's bubbles like instead of trying to like change their mindset understand them because it's like it's like think about this and i know people have watched this i ever thought the last airbender the tv show oh, yeah and the reason why i'm bringing this up is because it's not even it's not even like just a show it's about the things that they talk about that connects to real life and especially like the philosophies they have because the yeah. philosophies is like confucianism is buddhism you gotta understand this people make mistakes people mm -hmm. the environment they grew up in that's the environment that they were raised with especially the parents or just the like people they were with look how germany was germany they were at the like after world one they were treated like shit they were given they had to they had to pay so much of expense they were on debt mm -hmm. they had poverty and then when the uh great depression happened it happened everywhere in the world and it hit germany worse which is why they said like we need to change which is why when hitler came and the fascists it was fascist i think right or well, nazism Nazi, let's say nazism yeah. when nazism came they realized like this guy is finally making change. Look at the stuff he's trying to like implement. He's making yeah. the like he made the economy better. Let's be honest, he made Germany's economy better. Mm. But he pointed the hate because look at that in the history books. Like he actually did turn Germany around for the better. But Dude. obviously he's a horrible person, so they don't look at that. Well, here hey, I would get to that. But here's a yeah. But we say he got he turned the whole thing around. Look at look look at that. He turned the whole economy around. And. He saved these people's lives. He saved people's businesses, which is great because think about it. Like he went like before any other country, he fucking pulled themselves out of it, and they were at the worst. Like they were literally at the scrape of the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, like Germany. If you went to Germany, you went to just pass through Germany. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that he did that, which is why a lot of people followed him, and which is why he said like, "Oh, Jews are the reason to blame." Jew, and yeah. the reason why he blamed them is because think about it. And I'm not trying to like give them an excuse. I'm not trying yeah. to say we. I'm not like let me explain this to people. And this is why I get mad at people because they're not hearing me out. Because when people and that's the thing is that people don't listen. People talk, and that's where the wise and the foolish will divide. Because yes. the wise will not speak; they will listen. The wise will understand what is being said, and then after they're finished, they will wait. They will think about what is being said. And then they will speak. What the foolish would do is they will speak rather than think and hear. There's a difference between that. And what I'm trying to say is what he did was wrong. But the reason why he was blaming it is because thing about Jews were uh, they were business people. They were smart business people. Jews are let me be honest. Jews are like smart business people. They that's why they were running Hollywood. That's why they were running like most businesses because they were the way they were the way. From what I know, the race like they know how they were taught how to like handle money. Even at the bar mitzvah, they say like, "Oh, I'm saving my money to like 
do all this stuff like that from like movies or tv shows i saw yeah um and the reason why i'm bringing this history up is because if you that's why nazism became so popular because that was the environment that's what people were growing up and that's why germany had this whole thing with nazis because they needed a way out now look at today with everything going on there's a great division between Democrats and Republicans. Conservatives versus, uh, what's the other word? Liberals. Leftists. Leftists, liberals, yeah. Um, and it's stupid because the people who say, like, oh, your politics decides on the character of who you are, and that's not true. No. Political views, the, here's, a, here's a thing what a Republican and Democrat is. A Republican is someone who believes that there should be less government control. And the reason is because... With power, like you said, power comes with, with great responsibility, but power could be corrupted. Power is easy to mm-hmm. be corrupted by manipulation or by changing the truth or by, it's just, because think about it, like I, I love I love the idea of what the government is. I love the idea of what it was supposed to be. It's supposed to be the government serves the people. If that what the, that, that's the whole point of what a government is. It's, it's the government serving the people to protect our rights. If there was no government, then it's basically we have to protect our own rights. So let's say like yeah. I mean, it's like in a perfect world, there's no government. Everyone is doing their own rights. So say like I could, as long as I'm doing no harm to your rights, it's fine. And that and it's defined by what our own rights is by society. Blah blah blah. I don't want to get into deep with it, but the society how it dictates now is it seems like everyone wants to have a side. Yeah. It's either you're Republican or you're liberal. And the thing is, is that there's no good or bad. I think, I don't even think there's a good and bad between Republicans and Democrats. I think they're both bad because of the way their mindset is. And yeah. the reason and the reason why is because you and I are listening to the other side. You're listening. The, the only thing is, is you're listening on something that you could remark back. You yeah, let, you're not listening you, to the stuff that you're, that it's going to challenge you. Yeah, you, you're not understanding on what their problems are. Because we all, everyone has a problem. Everyone has a, everyone is going through something. And if you're not, if you're not telling, um, if you're not listening to their problems and trying to understand and make a compromise, if you, and even in the history, that's what the debate was between Abraham Lincoln and uh, the name escapes me. But there was a, the first debate was between him and uh, Abraham Lincoln and another candidate. For presidency and what they did where they came together and instead of going back at each other with different ideas they were trying to make a compromise they were addressing the issue they would say like okay i think we should do this and then he and then Abraham Lincoln would say we should do this and they would come to a compromise on what will fit together a civilized that, conversation a civilized conversation that's what it was but now a debate is more like okay someone has to win a side yeah, that's how like, there, there has to be a winner it can't just be why can't we both come out of this on top and that's the problem with this mindset is that there has to be a winner. There's no such thing as like uh, a compromise where like there's a equal like because if once someone's gonna suffer, it's like saying it's like World War One would happen. Germany suffered and look what happened to them. They got mad, they felt disrespected, and they weren't being heard. They said we can't pay you guys back, and they said we don't care. We need the money. Yeah, they were not being heard, they were mistreated, and that's why it's gonna happen in this country if we don't stop. And I'm not saying like all this stuff. I'm saying like the tension is gonna grow, it's gonna grow more. People aren't gonna be heard what they were trying to, or the problems they're trying to solve, and this is what's gonna divide us more and cause us uh, some 
there's going to be an issue with it. I feel like we're going to probably see a new party system come up very soon within the next probably 10 or so years. Probably. Um, I'm going to doubt because it. Because I think now people are realizing that these two parties aren't working. Um, and I think there's, I think there's probably going to be a rise in the independent party. I'm not even going to lie. I want to even I think I think out of nowhere it's gonna come in an independent party is gonna be president. Yeah, dude. Honestly, man, I I, I just know that uh, I just well I don't know. I just feel like something's gonna happen. Where, like there's gonna be some kind of like I don't want to say like a war, but I think it's gonna be like another 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 like conflict. And I feel like it's gonna get aggressive one day. And I feel yeah. like it's gonna, I feel like people are gonna get mad. And then people are going to, like, there's going to be desperate, like, depending on how the world is in a couple of years, there's going to be desperation. And people yeah. are going to, they're going to see that division more. And they're going to, yeah. they're going to want to have more conflict with it. Yeah. So, oh, God. But, but uh, what I was trying to say is with, so anyways, that's, that, and the reason why I'm saying all this stuff is because it's what that girl said with the whole conservatives can watch it. You are excluding themselves and you are not making yourself better. What you want to do, it's like the whole thing with the, you want to make yourself better than them. You you don't want, you want, you are not good as what they are, what they're trying to do. Say, yeah. And even even then, like I said, you don't even know if they are like that. It's like saying um, someone is a racist. Okay, that that's rude of you to say that because even then, like, you don't even know, like, if they are or they're not. And even if that person is, Maybe instead of trying to like hear, trying to hear like, oh, trying to say like, oh, you're racing also. Maybe understand like, why are you, why are you, why do you hate these people? Why do you feel like this? Yeah. Like understand, like people need to understand more. Like they need to talk to themselves. Like I just want, like, and just say this, like I don't want to like be any conflict. I just want to understand why you have these feelings for this certain group of Not people. Not just you're bad, you're bad, go away. Like yeah, maybe it, we it, should sit down because maybe if we listen and sit down, maybe we can find a certain compromise and try to make them change their mind little by little. Yes, it'll be little, but is little better than nothing? Exactly. And no, and even then, people, here's the thing with nowadays, that, and this is what I'm talking about with like movies now, is because everyone wants something fast. Everyone wants something done now. But the thing is that if not, if you want something great, you want something perfect, it's not gonna take, it takes time. Yeah, that's how it is, that's how it is, that's how it is with art, that's how it is with movies, that's how it is with life. A person doesn't grow from one like from one thing it's like saying you go practice you go you go you go do weights you're not gonna do 100 pounds the next day no it takes no. it takes it takes a while just to get stronger and which yeah. is what, which is what people got to understand too so the whole thing about i mean like think about it, it's just a movie it's not that yeah. if you don't want to if you don't if you mad at them and you sincerely don't like them just turn the mute button off it's like that yeah. is, like, but you even then yeah, but even but if you think about it, even then, yeah, you only so. you selling you selling yourself short. Mm -hmm. That's true. I think people just need a more of an open mind, um, because I think with that kind of mindset, it, it sucks because because I, I think cause Star Wars is like that for uh, for like just like how other shows is something for somebody. Star Wars is that kind of place where people can go to escape to a galaxy far far away where they don't have to deal with political views they don't have to deal with um their job they just sit down and watch or read or play a story that they can control or they can uh, or they can relate to and just enjoy themselves but now people are trying to make it more 
political and saying if you're this you can't enjoy it and that's it's too bad you can't just leave and that's not fair because let's say let's say okay let's say maybe like a conservative like had a hard time growing up and star wars was his own like his his a scapegoat from reality to help him with his mindset and all that and then you have this these people telling you go away we don't want you like how hard must that feel you know what i mean yeah exactly it's like um uh, a, a thing i was gonna bring up right now uh, i just remembered it's like saying like you watch boys in the hood or malcolm x um which is great films but it's saying like oh this is only for black people you can't watch yeah. it and it's like well, what, what does that mean it's like no it's for black people this isn't about your culture this is about us and it's like yeah. now, now you're telling yourself short because it's just like one it's a story that's being told but also like i'm gonna be honest like there's some poor white folks that go through the same thing like and the people are gonna be like, no, they don't understand. It's like, dude, there, there's some white people. Look at Eminem. He was born in the fucking ghetto. He was, he was going yeah. through some, like. And I'm, I, I get what you guys are trying to go through. I get what you're trying to say, like saying like, black people have more of a hard time than white people because of a certain skin color, which is a stupid thing to judge. But at the same time, people need to un- hear this story. It's like freedom writers. People need to understand the story that's going on. Oh, why these people are like this. And that's how new people are able to understand and be like, okay, now I realize why all these people are like this. They either grew up with it or because of the environment they were raised in. And the fact that you're trying to cut someone short is rude and disrespectful because in a way it's 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 not your right. It's not even not your right. It's like it's like if you want everyone to be equal, then how come you don't want to let people that you hate in too because yeah. even those people want to be in this club you we gotta stop seeing differences because you're seeing the same thing with color except instead of political views yeah so we're not better than the white people that that came to this country exactly like i don't know man it, it, it's crazy it still shocks me that that mindset exists for the fandoms because I don't know, cause I I I know people that go that use fandoms as an escape go from their real lives, and like yeah. it it sucks when people are just like, "I'll oh, go away," but but yeah, uh, going from that to a lighthearted tone before we end it. No, <laughs> uh, uh. yeah, but well, one thing I was gonna say is that uh, wait, what, what was the last thing I was gonna say? Like, oh no, I was gonna say uh, I was gonna say like, you just gotta, it's just a fucking movie, dude. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't. Wait, but oh, I forgot what I was going to say. I think it was going to be like a... Because he said he was an escape goat. Because a lot of people do need that, like, release of, like, to be able to watch a film and just, like, forget the world. That's what a movie is. But also... But uh, I forgot what I was going to... Fuck. Yeah, I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah, you can ask the next question. I totally forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, just, just to end this, uh, will we be seeing a Me Too? <laughs> Me too. I, 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 I've always, I remember when I, I saw you at Disneyland. I don't even know how, that had to be the most coincidental thing at Disneyland ever. Uh, I know. Walked I know. out of Galaxy's Edge and I just saw you. I know, dude, especially, especially like I, I only went that, at that time, I only went to Disneyland like three times. Yeah. Like two months. And it's because I got a new pass to go with my nephew. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was it was an interesting. It was when I saw you, I was like, "Oh wow, I didn't expect to see you here, shit." Because yeah, I saw, I, like, hey, I, hey. I know you were there, but I know I saw you was like 
on the ride or like at things like that and then that's it yeah. and i was like oh i'm not sure if he's here still because you were there early right yeah um was it the first day opening no it wasn't the day opening because i had the lightsaber yeah. um but we do get there super early for the ride because um you need to get into a queue to get into it um but yeah i saw you i was like is that rick hey that's rick <laughs> you too because i i saw I saw you with these shades on, and I was like, oh, Ryan is coming up. I know this guy. <laughs> but, yeah. It's like, hey, what are you doing? It, it's funny. What are you doing here? <laughs> no, it, it was funny because uh, I was with Daisy. And her and uh, our other friend, Alina, they always had this joke with me saying, like, everywhere we go with, like, me, there's always someone I know. Like, every time, yeah. like, you walk around, there's always someone you know. That's how they go with me, and I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, but, that was that was honestly great, but yeah. But what is he seeing a meet? Oh, go ahead. No, because you said I said something to you. Did I say what something I'm, to you? Did uh, I say something to you at the Star Wars line? Um, I think you, oh you you asked if we wanted to get on a uh, big thunder with you, but we were heading over to uh to go, to Tomorrowland to get something before it closed. Um, oh okay. And I remember, I remember, I told Daisy like, "That's him. That's that's the guy right. He just got off filming right now. He just got off the lot." Oh, <laughs> I, I okay, I remember that. Yeah, and then I was just like, "Nah, man, nah, it's a day off today." <laughs> oh, day shit. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but uh, uh, but yeah, me too. It's a perfect title. That's all I'm gonna say. Me too. <laughs> oh, dude, especially what's going on. Um, oh no, man. I think. I think that's like later on because the project I'm working on, I can't, I'm not going to disclose too much about it because I do want it to be, like I said, um, I'm still writing it right now and I know what the story is. I've been, it has been exploding in my mind, but uh, like the Me Too, like I'll probably, I'll probably see what happens. Like I said, it'll probably see later on in my like future. Yeah. If, if I like feel like there's a story that like would connect with it then I'll probably write it. But in the moment, like, I guess I'm not in the right headspace right now to, like, I don't want to say the right headspace. I'm not in the right... You're not motivated uh, to. I, yeah, I'm not motivated to connect with it because there's, like, other projects I'm trying to write right now. Yeah, and the project... Which is fair. Yeah. I, like, you got to be... I, I got to be in the... I got to be in the right maturity level to be able yeah. to write the next two because I got to, obviously, like, um that one was a personal time for me mm. and then uh so but this next one is uh I don't, I don't even have a title for it but it's basically the only thing i could give is like what the story is about and it, the one word i could give about it is about is about grief that's it lean dies <laughs> no, no, no it's a completely <laughs> it's a completely different story but it's about grief. universe <laughs> uh, oh my gosh no, but it, it is in a different universe. Yeah. It is yeah. a it is it is in a different universe a little bit. I'm not trying to say like in like like a Marvel movie kind of thing, but I'm saying no, like yeah, I got you. But say like it's like if this universe would happen, this would happen. And I'm and I'm saying like if you when you watch it, you understand what I'm saying. But yeah, basically, 100%. but it's about grief, and the only other thing I could talk about it's about post COVID. It's about uh, okay. after, uh, after COVID. But it is a time where it's COVID was more of a say like if you've seen the movie Contagion, it was like it was more of a harder hit of a of a virus. Yeah, is now like it killed more people. Yeah. So it was like it was like kind of that kind of universe. Yeah. 
Okay, that sounds pretty pretty interesting. I can't wait to see that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, thank you for coming. Like this was this was really good. This was better than I thought. Um, yeah, I was great got, conversations. Well, we've got two hours in. Dang. Yeah, two hours. Um, Dang, it, really... it was really well. It was it was really good. And just thank you for coming. Um, oh, yeah. Thank you for inviting me, man. I appreciate no it. No worries. No worries. Um, I, I wanted to have you because, like, you have such like, a, I mean, you've done actual, like, some filmmaking, even if it's small, you know, a film is a film. Um, yeah. Anything is, well, I mean, like, I wouldn't say anything in film. I heard, I heard this thing with Martin Scorsese said. He says, like, he says, like, because, you know, filmmakers, they record stuff. Yeah. No, it wasn't Scorsese. It was, I can't. It, it's some foreign director. It, who was the guy from Mandalorian? The guy who was in the chair telling the uh, telling the Mandalorian like what to get. Who was a he was a famous director. He was playing. He was a he was a. Um, I want to say the, is it the general, the guy who paid the Mandalorian. It's not Apollo Creed, is it? Is it? It's a guy that had the subtle. It's a guy that had the subtle voice. He's like, "Oh, would you know?" Like, you know, he had that subtle voice. I looked I him remember. up. I looked him up. Hold up, I have it right here. Uh, it is his name is. Uh, let me see. Where is it? What is his name? Where's his name? Werner Herzog. Herzog. That's his name. I don't Werner remember. H- that's it. That's it. That's his name. But anyways, Werner Herzog, he um he said that uh he said like a guy came up to him saying like oh I recorded like four hundred uh, like four hundred minutes or like something of uh of footage, and he says like he says like this isn't filmmaking like we don't put a collaboration of different art shit like like that's not art it's not like putting like different things you recorded yeah. and just put. Like, and that's why I don't, that's why I kind of get mad when people say like, "Oh, I'm a filmmaker," and they show me like a video of like them just showing like yeah. a shot of shot of landscape, and like they're like, "Oh, look at this cool transition," yeah. and it's and it's like, okay, you cool like editor, you're cool like yeah. so, like you no, know, but you're not a filmmaker because I'm gonna be honest, like filmmaker is a lot of stuff. Like yeah. like you're a good videographer, like you're pretty good at the, and. The reason I get so I don't I don't want to say upset, but the reason why I'm like hard like that is because uh, like there has to be a pedestal, there has yeah. to be like they have like we can't just say you're like you can say you're a director, I will admit that if you're a director say you're a director, I will say that because like it, it, you can't tell someone you can't be something, but mm-hmm. you gotta put yourself on a pedestal, you gotta put your work high, you can't cut yourself short on what you're selling because if you are. This is gonna be another guy who just put stuff, put random shots together, and call it a film, and that's where it's not is. Yeah, I think a film. A... Go ahead. Huh? What were you gonna say? No, I was gonna end it out, but go ahead. I want you to continue. No, that's pretty much it, man. But uh, what was the last words you gonna? Yeah, but uh, yeah, I just I got some experience, but I still got a long ways before I become a real. Yeah. And you know what? There's no fault in admitting that. You know. I think even the most experienced director can still learn. Uh, uh, but yeah, thank you. Uh, where, where can where can people find you if they want to look you up? Oh yeah, so uh, if you want to um, follow the uh, my films and all that stuff, just look up Goliath Productions on YouTube, 
and it is called it is the short film I did is me with the question mark at the end of it and then uh, I did another if you want to look I'm probably going to post it later on today or another day I'll probably post on my uh, this is going up uh, this this is going up Saturday so by the time Saturday hits I think it should be up Okay, I'll probably I'll probably po- I'll probably post my uh my bullying high school video because I have that on a different channel because I did it for high uh, school. Okay. I'll probably uh, post okay. that just so everything's in one channel. Yeah, but yeah, it's a Goliath Productions on YouTube, and then just look up um me with the question mark at the end of it, and then uh, yeah, sure. and then uh, follow me on social media I guess on uh, Ric- <laughs> uh Ricardo underscore M E D on uh, Instagram. I don't go on Twitter anymore. Uh, I, fair yeah. enough. Too 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 many uh, too many like negative stuff on Twitter, man. Yeah. Like, like everyone, like I said, it's too much division, and I just wanna, I gotta have a clean mindset with that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Right, but but thank oh, you for coming. Thank you oh, so much. No, thank you so much, man. And no worries, and uh, thanks to everybody listening, and uh, I'll see you guys later. Peace out.